then moving forward, you end up back in the executive branch as mm -hmm. vice president, unanticipatedly, I think, on your part. And um, the new administration getting organized, very minor crises, really. And then suddenly, nine eleven happens. How surprised are you? I mean, how, how worried you've been worried about terrorism and about yeah. these kinds of attacks? It seems to be more than most people in Washington. Yeah, I'd uh, of course I'd been Secretary of Defense and then went off to the private sector, and uh, been running Halliburton, a big energy services company down in Texas, on a operate on a global basis, and and uh, George W. Bush, then the governor, asked me to. First, he asked me if I wanted to run with him as vice president. I said, no way, I wasn't interested. Then he asked me to help him find somebody. And at the end of that process, I was a failure as a headhunter. And he came back to me again. And, and that's when I, I forgot that. So he'd asked you beforehand, mm -hmm. before the search even. Yeah. So he just wanted you to be the VP. I think so. I, I At the time, um, you know, I, I said no for all yeah. kinds of reasons. Yeah. And, uh, but I don't think he ever gave up on the idea. Yeah. And by putting the, um, I had the opportunity to work with him for a couple of months as we went through the search process on what he was looking for and heard him think about and talk about what he was looking for to vice president. And he really had given it a great deal of thought. And in the end, um, I think it worked well. Um, he, uh, what was at the foremost of his mind from well, policy he, experience, which he presumably did. National security was, yeah. was very much there, but also that it was a substantive position. It wasn't going to be just funerals and fundraisers. And uh, of course, the, I, I never found a vice president who really enjoyed his time there unless he got to be president. And uh, then something unfortunate had usually happened. That was the case. But um, no, he, he, wanted, he was looking for somebody who could play a major role in his administration and, and be a part of the team, part of the process. He didn't pick me. I'm from Wyoming, you know, we, the smallest state in the nation, population wise, right. three electoral votes. Turned out we needed all three of those electoral yeah, votes. It was that point. close. But um, I think he used that that search process partly with the expectation that he might be able to persuade me once I'd heard him on this subject and talked with him about it and looked at people that in the end I was the guy he wanted. And that's that's what he finally did after our last review down at uh, his ranch in Texas. Just uh, out of curiosity, if you if you had stuck to your determination not to come back as vice president, not to come, not to be vice president, not to accept his offer. If, maybe you've said this already publicly. I don't know who would have been the vice presidential nominee. Uh, I've Is never clear revealed that. Oh, would you like to? I mean, <laughs> no, we just I never talked about the people we looked at. Um, there was a short list, have. I guess. There was a short list. You have a long list and a short list. Right. Long list includes the guy who calls up and said, "Look, Dick, I got a really tough race at home this year. If you'd let the word out that you know I'm under consideration, that'd really help." Okay, you're on the short list or the long <laughs> list, not the short list. So it was. Um, it was fascinating. It was the second time I'd done it because I'd done it for Ford when he picked Dole in 76. And, uh, but in the final analysis, we got down to having reviewed everybody and I knew what he wanted, but he looked me in the eye after I finished that last review down at the ranch in Texas. And he said, you're the solution to my problem. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll see what I would have to do to make it possible. Cause I had to worry about Halliburton who's going to take over there. Uh, I got to get the family on board. They were not enthusiastic. Well, daughter Liz was enthusiastic. Lynn and Mary weren't. Um, you can imagine what it's like when you go home at the end of the day and say, honey, sell the house. I quit my job. We're going back into politics. Yeah, yeah, so, right. But it, um, I'm glad I did it. It worked out well. It's good. 
Worked out well. Sure it did. <laughs> well for who? Yeah, it worked out well for him. Not so much for the rest of us. Um, yeah, the, the rest of the planet was fucked. Yeah, yeah. But, but it worked out great for him. <laughs> I, I wanted to start with that because, you know, you kind of forget how good Christian Bale's uh, Cheney, like, voice and impression and mannerisms are. And, like, I don't I don't remember even seeing Dick Cheney that, like, like I remember seeing him on TV once in a while. He would be, like, yeah. you know, they'd quiz him on stuff. But he really didn't appear that often. You know, it, it would either be, uh, like, Bush or Condoleezza Rice or, Col like, Colin well, Powell. Because he was, or... like, as popular as cholera. Why would you put him on TV? Right? He, like... he, he was the man behind the curtain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Him and him and Rove, like they had like you know negative forty charisma, but like uh, they're, they're the ones doing all the planning. So yeah, Carl anyway. Carl Rove has an obsession with the uh, the election of um, eighteen ninety six. I think the, the the famous one where William Jen Jennings Bryan um, and McKinley faced off, and uh, it was like this weird upset Democratic nomination that then turned into um, William Jennings Bryan. Not a good figure of history, by the way. Um, Not great. Absolutely <laughs> slaughtered by McKinley, who had uh, Mark Hanna, who was basically Carl Rove. Like he was a 1890s version of Carl Rove. And um, wait, wait, not the Mark Hanna who has the animals, right? No, not the Hanna, Hanna Barbera one. But <laughs> 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 but but yeah. Anyway, welcome to Movie Next Extravaganza, everybody. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Cheney Night Extravaganza. Cheney Night Extravaganza. Uh, yeah, low-key, Christian Bale's performance, if anything, rewatching it, kind of underrated somehow. Yeah. Like, you know, he won every award for it. <laughs> and he's, but it's still like, it was like, he's pretty much is that guy. Like, and it's nuts. It's, it's, it's absolutely, as someone that I spent way too much time studying that dude, uh, <laughs> Cheney, not Christian Bale. Uh, and, and like, yeah, I mean, he's, hundred percent nails it. He hundred percent nails it. Like it's, it's astounding. All right. Well, I should introduce that. I am Forrest Miller. This is movie night extravaganza. This is the first episode of season three. Kind of crazy. Season three. Episode 77 altogether. Um, I am of course joined by the entire crew, Jay Andrew world illustrator, uh, you know, Ben Burgess, uh, aficionado or something. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't even know at this point. Ben Burgess you're, you're starting off the new season with a bang. <laughs> ben Burgess yes. aficionado was pretty amazing. Ben Burgess boxing aficionado, I guess, is the real. The real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm uh, his trainer. Um, you know, you, you've seen all the pictures. Um, I'm the man behind those pictures of uh, Ben Burgess's rippling muscles. When, when, when he's he, done uh, with him, he's going to spit lightning and crap thunder. When the argument fails, it's time to just put him up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Give them uh, the fisticuffs. Kitty on stream. Kitty on stream. Kitty on stream. <laughs> All right. Also joined by Conan Neutron of Protonic Reversal, Conan Neutron of the Secret Friends, um, all over the place, performing at Caterwall, coming up very soon. Uh, has a new EP. All all of these, you know, are a fairly new EP. I mean, what was it last month that it got released? I, I feel like if it's not last week, it's not considered new anymore. But yeah, it's it's new to me. I and mean, we don't have it, like we're getting the physical product in hand next week, so it's still new as far as I'm concerned. But yes, uh, will history judge me? Uh, in that way, I, I'm not sure. Not for me to say. We are the creators of history, after all. <laughs> uh, Stoked to be talking about this. I forgot. I, I think I, and rewatch actually like this a lot more, but we'll we'll get into this uh, later on. But yes, yeah, I mean it's, it's fascinating to have bookended this, right? Like American Psycho, which is 
like this is also <laughs> this is also a, another version of America. Like, this oh, is Christian Bell. I was thinking it is a different kind of American Psycho. No, so this is this is yet yeah. another character who embodies an American Psycho. I mean, yes. you know, you, you mean it, this isn't a sequel? <laughs> exactly. What Patrick, no. Patrick Bateman? Patrick Bateman, and this is when his heart is finally giving out. And uh, I, remember, I remember laughing my fucking ass off in the theater that one time, like when he goes down, when he first gets into, uh, I think it's when he first gets into the Nixon administration or Congress. I don't remember. And, and he's like, I'm having a heart attack, you idiot. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's great. <laughs> classic Cheney. Uh, classic. classic Cheney. Love to love to laugh. Love to <laughs> love to have a good time. He's known for it. <laughs> and of course, we are joined by Christina Oaks. We invited her on officially as the uh, fourth mic, um, you know, as a, as a, as a as at least semi regular thing. Um, yeah. The show just keeps growing and growing. Yeah. So but, we're going to have as many hosts sure as Chapo. Uh, <laughs> she, she's she's going to redefine the role of the fourth mic. <laughs> <laughs> Executive mic authority. Um, <laughs> all right so i'm gonna play the trailer so we can get into into talking about the movie because i wanted right. to start out with the dick cheney um clip because i i kind of had forgotten how good the christian bale like impression really is and of course christian bale is always an amazing actor um but you know i think he really shines through in this role and he gains 40 pounds which is kind of an impressive feat and very unhealthy always. for the human body but um <laughs> yeah that this and the mechanic Keep yeah you know 100 all the right. the machinist, Andy. It's not called the mechanic. Oh, the machinist. Yeah, I'm just movie. screwing up every title today. For you know the mechanic, he's, he's Christian Bale fixing cars for three hours. Remember when he was? Oh. Remember when he was in? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike and like, the mechanics. No, remember that movie? No, yes. Andy, we don't. <laughs> yeah, you, it was in the one where he's a mechanic on. and he's real skinny. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? I want you to be my VP. I want you. You're my vice. Well, George, I, uh, I'm the CEO of a large company. And I have been Secretary of Defense. And I have been White House Chief of Staff. The Vice Presidency is a mostly symbolic job. Uh -huh. However, if we came to a uh, different Understanding, I can handle the more mundane jobs, overseeing bureaucracy, military, energy, and uh, foreign policy. Yeah, right. I like that. When you have power, people will always try to take it from you, always. Are you even more ruthless than you used to be? So we gonna do this thing or what? I mean, is this happening? I believe we can make this work. <laughs> Hot damn! 
I love that song. That's right. I, I remember I remember seeing that that trailer with with the song and with uh you know just the the cut scenes and everything. And I remember just being so hyped to watch this movie when it finally came out in theaters. Um, I don't even like go to movie theaters that often. Uh, like I usually wait for things to come out on streaming because I'm not you know I don't have I don't have big money like that like. It's getting to be like fifteen dollars a fucking ticket. So <laughs> it, yeah. it is. It is pricey. Stuff does cost more than it used to. You were correct about that. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 what's funny? So okay. So then let's go through initial reactions. When I first saw it, I was like, "Why in the name of fuck would you make a movie about something that just happened?" Without realizing, of course, that no, that did not just in fact just happen. That had been, yeah, it was a decade. Yeah, it was a decade, a, full, part. a full decade later, yeah. and of you, course, I think and a Dick out, like, of all people, <laughs> right out the same, you know. The same year Obama was elected. Well, that was too early, but 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 again, yeah. What at the time, 2018 is when this came out, right? So 2018 is when this came out, and that was when we started to see like the the real end of memory, where it's like recency bias turned into like what happened last month or last week, uh, as opposed to like what happened last year. Like things got on a very accelerated timeline, largely due to uh, 45 running around and you know as you know shock, shocking and awe and in his own way. Uh, mm -hmm. just throwing as much stuff out there as possible that people start to experience time differently. And also like we're less interested in um, digging into recent history for things that weren't happening. Uh, the current atrocities and, and, you know, uh, things that were horrible, they weren't as interested in it because, because to the point that some of it was even whitewashed back. Like, oh, well, was it really that bad? It was like, yes, <laughs> yes, it was. Yep. Sit down, and, child. And none Let of the none of the uh, none of the worst parts of it have been, you know, uh, have have ever been like revoked. None of the worst parts of it have ever stopped. Right? The AUMF still in full effect. They vote for it every single time it comes in front of them. Patriot yep. Act has still been in expanded. effect. Will never go away. Will never yeah. go away. Never. Yeah, and Joe also, Biden bragged about uh, about uh, coming sure. up with it back in the nineties before uh, before it actually got enacted into law. So, also, you, know, you said you about, about Frank Lutz and all the things how conservative think tanks operate you know global warming versus climate change all that yep. good stuff fracking yeah. like all that and most importantly half of the project of the american century like the the architecture framework behind the entire bush administration and the entire new conservative agenda are on msnbc now yeah, yeah. cool the liberal network yeah. <laughs> like so, so no, they, they really they really refurbished all of the uh, yeah. The vaguely anti-Trump, the vaguely I think Trump was kind of gross, uh, you know, neocons have all gotten swept yeah, up yeah. into the MSNBC lineup. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we don't care about actually, the actual policy. We just like, oh, he's gross. Exactly. I, I believe that's actually why I uh, kicked off Facebook is because somebody was posting about one of those ghouls from the uh, the Bush administration and, and like they're getting married. And it's just like, what does it matter? Let's actually talk about something more important than than. Yeah. Oh, so, so one other thing I wanted to um, bring up in this conversation, uh, Oliver Stone obviously came out with W. Josh Brolin, um, Thanos. Yeah. Yes, he and, snapped uh, in half of our actors. That was 2008. That was as Bush was leaving the White House. And, yeah. and I did not, I don't think that movie, uh, you know, like it felt very toothless, I think, right? Like I expected more yeah. from Oliver Stone when I went and saw that in the theater. Yep. Um, and it kind of was just like a, a like literally kind of a humanistic portrait of the man behind the you know the George W. Bush swagger, which number one you don't fucking need. He's a fucking idiot party boy. What else? Like, it was yeah. the least necessary biopic made in that decade. I'm not gonna yeah. say of all time because there's some really unnecessary biopics, but thank, certainly thank, of that era. Thank God Josh Brolin's career recovered. Being <laughs> Thanos. 
he worked it worked out okay for that guy well i think it, and that was the year after uh no country for old men came out i think yeah. right we just squander so. all that goodwill yeah good job <laughs> I, the only good scene job. i remember from that movie is that you know I, I remember josh brolin getting into a fist fight with his dad after uh he pulls his car and crashes into the fucking trash cans and he's like mad drunk and just comes in and starts fighting with poppy <laughs> All right, we're talking about that movie. We're we talking about Vice because I'd much rather no, talk about. No, I, but, but I did think I'll it's my ass right around. An interesting <laughs> uh, chronological point, right? Like I think yeah. it's a, a fascinating chronological point. Number one, because um, Adam McKay has fascinating politics. I think he's kind of. Um, yeah. I mean, he's definitely like you know a liberal, but like uh, he's definitely um, smarter and like kind of more on top of things than most liberals are. Like he's, I, I think mm-hmm. that he's kind of a brilliant guy, and it's funny you see like. Anchorman and stuff, which is like, you know, that is a good satire, but like it's not satire in the way that his recent stuff has been. It's not abjectly um, political and it's more of a it's more of a farce, probably. I guess. Yeah, yeah. 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 Or the other guys, which is which is my favorite film of his. Yeah, yeah I love that movie too. <laughs> but then like look at yeah, look yeah. at the big short, right? Which is the, the one right before this. That's where like you start to see like his his interest in exploring these kinds of topics, but doing it in a different sort of way, filmmaking wise, right? Yeah. Not necessarily just doing the straightforward story, but finding new and interesting ways to uh, put that forward and make make it, you know, not boring. Like make make it not something you might expect to see, which I've, I've grown to appreciate more and more, especially, and I think he uh, did that very well. And, uh, the very and that, was, that was 2015. So that was, uh, yeah. so that was Three seven years, years before. after the, that was like seven years after the, the market crashed and we kind of went into this recession. So I think right. that's well-timed too. Um, kind of yeah, that, that was not too soon, for sure. That was like <laughs> seven more movies like this, please, whatever it takes for people <laughs> yeah. to understand how badly we got boned and how nobody went to jail. Great. So I've so this is something that happened around the time um, that I pulled a few clips of like just stuff that happened. Um, uh, this is around the time this movie came out. I completely had blanked this out of my mind because it's uh, awful and I fucking hated it. But um this is the uh, this is he said that this this moment was one of the things that crystallized for him. Um, I'm getting uh, angry already. Oh, God. <laughs> so he said this is one of the things that crystallized for him that he needed to make a movie about the Bush administration because our memory hole was like, you know, closing yeah, rapidly. Man. Yeah. So. So anyway, so we get to sit in this very fancy suite because, you know, he owns the, the whole place. So his suite is is fancy and he's got fancy friends. And I don't mean fancy like real housewife fancy. I mean, like fancy. Look, this is I took a video of who who was next to me. So that was Portia, and that was Charlotte Jones. Uh, Portia was talking to, and George W. Bush, and then in front of us was the tallest man in the world. And um, so I've got to say, uh, when we were invited, uh, I was, you know, I was aware that it, I was going to be surrounded with people from very different views and beliefs. And I'm not talking about politics. I was rooting for the Packers, and uh, get this, everybody in the Cowboys suite was rooting for the Cowboys. And so I had to hide my cheese hat in Porsche's purse. And um, don't get me wrong, I, I, I like the Cowboys. I love the Cowboys. I love all the village people, as a matter of fact. Um, 
But but Aaron Rodgers is a friend of mine. He's the quarterback for the Packers, and so I, I'm sitting in the in the Cowboys suite, the owner of the Cowboys, and secretly cheering every time the Packers scored, or every time another whistleblower came forward, and uh, <laughs> the referees, you guys, the referees. Um, but during the game, they showed a shot of George and me laughing together. And uh, so people were upset. They thought, why is a gay Hollywood liberal sitting next to a conservative Republican president? Didn't even notice I'm holding the brand new iPhone 11. And, um, <laughs> but a lot of people were mad, and they did what people do when they're mad. They tweet. And, uh, but here's one tweet that I loved. This uh, person says, Ellen and George Bush together makes me have faith in America again. And, um, Here's the thing. I'm friends with George Bush. In fact, I'm friends with a lot of people who don't share the same beliefs that I have. We're all different, and I think that we've forgotten that that's okay that we're all different. For instance, I wish people wouldn't wear fur. I don't like it, but but I'm friends with people who wear fur. And I, I'm friends with people who are furry, as a matter of fact. I have <laughs> friends who should tweeze more. And I, I have... But just because I don't agree with someone on everything doesn't mean that I'm not going to be friends with them. When I say be kind to one another, I don't mean only the people that think the same way that you do. I mean be kind to everyone. George W. Bush doesn't want her to exist. Yeah. I mean, like, like, I'm sorry. That, that, every single time I watch that, I get pissed off. Yeah, you know, I, I, I had successfully blanked it out of my. I had successfully blanked it out of my mind that it happened, and then I was watching. Uh, I watched a bunch of Adam McKay interviews, and he was talking about that, and I was quick, like, "All right, I guess I got to pull that." Quick story about that little like George W. Bush Ellen DeGeneres situation was the fact that uh, Dakota Johnson invited Ellen to a Christmas party or some type of event, and Ellen, when she went, I was like, "How come you didn't invite me?" She was like, "You were hanging out with George W. Bush," and she's like, "No, I wasn't." And I'm like. Yeah, you were. You you went to hang out with George W. Bush, and I attend my party that I invited you to. And so, there, I mean, so there's, there's levels to that, right? The level is number one. Bush was trying to make it constitutionally, like put in the constitution that Ellen couldn't get married, like yeah. that gay people couldn't get married. Trying or to like, change not his just, own daughter. Yeah, not just strip away those protect. And I do want to talk about that, um, you know, later on with with this movie because I think it's it's kind of a fascinating part of this movie. Um, but you know, like. He doesn't want her to exist. He doesn't want her to get married. He doesn't want, like, he wants everybody kind of to be in this incredibly, like, right-wing theocratic situation. So when she's kind of like, well, you know, he, he feels a little bit different than me. That feels like it's something that probably should be like, oh, well, maybe that's the line. Maybe yeah. the line is like, you know, like, if, if you want to constitutionally make my life not, like, the life that I have not exist, maybe that should be the line of... of <laughs> It's like Will Smith, you know, hanging out at the uh, at a box with with David Duke, you know. Um, it's the same thing. Yeah. Speaking also, of which, how he's being treated right now is pissing me the fuck off. Anyway. But Conan, Conan, I I, I want you to speak. Oh, Sorry. yeah, the, the ship sailed on the thing I was going to say like three minutes ago. But like, uh, it, it was a horrible joke about beheading, but it was pretty funny. But it's not going to make any any sense now. Uh, she's a hack too. She's also just not funny. Like yeah. she's she's occupying space because of her identity that could be taken by someone far more talented and deserving. And I've often thought of Ellen as a hack. And I, I am using that term in the, in the classical sense. Was it to say that she's like terrible? But she's it, it's pedestrian. This this humor is pedestrian and 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 quite frankly unnecessary. And so the fact that she, the fact that the fact that she well that's the place I was going to go with it is that the fact that she's using it basically to codify and and the the elite mainstream media 
traditional media narrative of really the problem is that like we don't oh we can't hang out with each other that's the problem all these people that literally only hang out with each other all these bloodthirsty maniacs that turned on biden the second he actually did the first good thing he'd actually really had done uh, with any sense of scale and gotten the hell out of these pointless wars right so it's just this oh well all we have to do is hang out with each other and uh -huh, i didn't even know it's got the iphone man die in a fire and i mean that <laughs> Like, I, and this is no John Barber. He should be waterboarded. But like, seriously, we don't need you and we don't need this. Like, and I mean, it takes a lot for me to pay attention to someone like Ellen DeGeneres. Let's be explicitly clear. But yeah, that is actively harmful towards culture. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's also kind of the, the really dumb, you know, and, and this is kind of pushed over and over again by MSNBC and it's pushed by like, like the liberal, I guess, intelligentsia, kind of the idea that just because something's bipartisan, right? Just because people are of different political ideologies hanging out, it's inherently good. It's inherently like productive and it's not. Yeah. It, it, you should be scared of bipartisanship. Like, like, yeah. If somebody yeah. Says, this bill's bipartisan. You should be freaking the fuck out right then. Because yeah. everybody's drunk on the West Wing, you know, Andy's nemesis, Aaron Sorkin, like poison entire generation of politics. But, yeah. but we're also railroading our, our, our newest regular, uh, Christina. First of all, you look lovely tonight. Also, thank you for coming on the show and being a regular. And what were you going to say? Oh, well, I was just going to say, like, with Ellen DeGeneres, it's just a whole facade and whatnot. And also, too, I, I forgot who wrote, speaking of the West Wing, someone wrote an article about how the West Wing just, like, fooled or or like hypnotized liberals like in a bad way and i wish i found that article because it's i think it's more it's very recent and makes sense it's like you know there was a couple from uh current affair i think nathan robinson yeah, wrote one yeah yeah that's what it was um, but it's just so like like you see people like or oh, you know george w bush you know you can tell he's a good man i'm like how did Cheney such a good man again well people say that about biden too right wow. like the thing is like oh like even even oliver stone kind of has a thing where he's like oh i could tell joe biden's like a good man deep down inside and it's like you don't you like it's not someone you're ever going to get into the, into the same room with and have a conversation and even if you do like that's an aesthetic thing that's not you know like yeah. you're you're okay <laughs> sure, but like, look at it from the perspective of how Bush got elected. Uh, you know, on, on the one of the thinnest on margins a ever. Called Fox News. Well, absolutely, but really, uh, it's not just that. He also Al Gore picked uh, censorship mogul Joe Lieberman as his running mate, as basically a thumb in the eye towards progressives. The original uh, Joe Manchin, pretty much. I mean, yeah, Joe Manchin times five. Speaking yeah. of someone that was lit, that was there. <laughs> okay, let me finish my point before we immediately comment on it. All right. So the the point is the whole thing was, oh, I want to have a beer with this guy. And that's one thing I will give Sorkin this. There, there, there's a allusion to that, not an illusion, illusion. Uh in a West Wing episode where basically the, the idea is Martin Sheen's president is like, well, you shouldn't be ashamed to say you're an elite, blah, 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 this and that. And like it's wrong-headed, it's Sorkinized, so it's it's ridiculous and awesome. But the whole point is it's a commentary on that one have a beer with him kind of thing. It's like, well, there's people you want to have a beer with. I wouldn't give them, you know, the nuclear football, uh, frankly. So Ultimately, it should never have been that close. And it, it there's a lot to be said for that election. And there's other movies that basically just covered that that are way better. But the fact is, it was brilliantly executed by the cabal of people. And it is a cabal that all wa were planning for this thing 
for a very, very long time. Like there's nothing about it's accidental. Like look at like Scalia, Scalia pushing the uh, the, the the whole court case that, and where they're like, oh, we have to stop the votes, right? Which yeah. brilliantly executed in Veep where they have stop like, the, stop, stop the, the votes, no, stop count the, the votes. <laughs> no, stop the votes, stop. no, count the votes. They switched well, their signs. And, and we know? touch yeah. on this in Vice, Al Gore immediately conceded. Al Gore yeah. immediately conceded on TV. And then he unconceded. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember yeah. hearing that live and I, I threw something at a window. Anyway. <laughs> I'm gonna take I'm gonna take my, my concession, put it in a lockbox, put it in a lockbox, and just it's <laughs> it's 22 years later and I'm still pissed. <laughs> that's yeah, that's I what I can tell you, right? I mean, you just we, we've been mad for you know 22 years, really, is, is what the what the story is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like like learning I'm always angry. How, how that election was determined. I was like, wait, 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 wait. So Al Gore technically actually won Florida, but the Supreme Court decided George W. Bush was the winner because Fox News called early. And I'm like, what the what? Huh? And St. Sandra Day O'Connor made the deciding swing vote. vote. Oh, what a hero of feminism. Hey, I'm sorry. Fuck her forever. Yeah. It's, it's it's enjoy just, rotting it's in hell says the atheist yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i mean i think i think this movie um vice like to get i knew this was gonna be itself. like this by the way i knew it was gonna get all worked up sorry everyone but this is like, like but it's, I, it's, I think vice oh. kind of uh, perfect movie I, I think i think vice hits on a lot of these points very well because um number one i, I think i think adam mckay is kind of a brilliant guy and he's able to like he kind of uh has the whole roger ailes side plot in in multiple scenes where he kind of shows the development of fox news and the fairness doctrine doctrine getting repealed and has has the conversation between cheney and uh yeah. george bush senior where he's like oh thanks for voting on the the fairness doctrine repeal and then they they like i love that the adam mckay thing where they kind of go to like someone either like as, as a news reporter or like somewhere else or the narrator you know what i mean like i like when they break up that information because you don't feel like you're getting a bunch of information you kind of feel entertained by it the there's big, a lot the that short fit, kind of fit in here. Yeah, in, in that same way, there's a lot of like, like Margot it is Robbie in a bathtub giving us uh, explaining explaining everything to us about. <laughs> if that's what it takes, twist my arm. Uh, but like, he does a good job of of fitting in a lot of information without it feeling like an exposition dump. Mm-hmm. You know, like 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 think of like the De Laurentiis Dune, where it's like, hey, here's you know, 15 pages of text you have to read, and then like, here and like, I'm still confused. Like, I've read this book and I'm still confused. Uh, not that not that I'm saying that it's this same level of inscrutability of Frank Herbert, but I, you know, it's he does a good job of packing a lot of stuff in that all could yeah. basically be like movies in and of itself, and it's it's something where I'm not sure if I gave him enough credit for that first time watching this. So yeah, I don't, I don't give I him credit now. I, I, I know everyone was on bated breath, worried. Oh, was he going to give him credit for it? I don't know. Let's see. Let's watch the um, show. I think one of the most brilliant. I'm trying to find where I wrote it down, but one of the most brilliant um, moments in this is when they have. Uh, I forget his, his name, um, but the the guy that plays Doc Ock in Spider Man Two. Um, they have Albert that actor, Molina. Albert. Yeah, yeah, and they have That's him. A... Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Right, they have him walk up with um, as a waiter, and he says he's been in some other often. things too. But yeah, go ahead. No, he's in a lot of stuff. I just that's like the first thing that popped. He did a lot of cameos. Yeah, he's he's a he's a he's a great actor, but he's a that guy. But he goes tonight. We're offering the enemy combatant, whereas a person is not a prisoner of war or a criminal, which means he has no legal protection. 
We're also offering the extraordinary rendition where uh, subjects are abducted without record on foreign soil and taken to prison in foreign countries that still, allow, uh, that still allow torture. We also have Guantanamo Bay, which is very complicated, but does allow you to operate outside the purview of due process on land that uh, isn't technically U.S. territory, but that we do control, which is fucked, by the way, because we literally just stole an island from Cuba and Cuba fucking broke away from us. We're like, yeah, we're not giving that island back. We're going to torture people on it. If, yeah, we're, like, gonna... <laughs> we're using it. <laughs> um, well, and that, so that's done as he's Alfred Molina is the waiter and, he, and he's coming yeah. over to like the neocons at the table and he's like reading off the menu items and then a Bales Cheney was like, hey, you know, we'll take all of it, you know, or yeah. along those lines, like, well, you know, one of everything or so I can't remember exactly what you think I, I watched an hour ago. You think I'd be able to remember, but no, I think he said, I think he said, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have it all. Or something we'll like yeah, he's, he's exactly in the midst of his trans like full transformation into this um and him and everybody around him obviously into the full transformation as like the tentacles of power fully gripping everything. I mean, you know, not to I guess find another Doc Ock reference in there, but um <laughs> <laughs> like the tentacles fully grasped around the entire Look, uh, executive branch. Like just because Christina's <laughs> a regular on the show now doesn't mean you have to shoehorn in MCU references. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But we should play a game called Find That Alfred Molina Cameo because he's in so many movies for like less than five minutes. Extraordinary rendition, also called No Way Home. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Solid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So and that and those those things largely con uh, continued into the Obama administration, right? Obama famously went out um, in front of the cameras and said, uh, "Yep, we uh, we tortured some folks." That was like his yep. his admission that the Bush administration had tortures of people. And then they continued to do extraordinary rendition into Turkish uh, prisons, into really, really every like every country in the Middle East that kind of has an abysmal record. Right. Saudi Arabia, like kind of putting these people in there to torture them in these black sites. That's something that very much continued into the Obama administration. Um, Guantanamo Bay, Obama kept saying, you know, he was going to shut it down. Didn't actually shut it down at any point in his presidency. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Enemy combatant is another thing that kind of, uh, you know, they, they kept taking people and, and, and leaving them there and saying, oh, well, we can't really get all these people out of Guantanamo Bay right now. But, um, you know, we're going to eventually don't worry about it. And then, you know, they, they continued like fucking doing whatever like the fuck they were doing in there. You know what I mean? I don't think we know most of what they were doing in there. We know it from people who have had their like memories altered by years of fucking torture. It's hard to like, you know, ha know like some of the most you know abhorrent things. I mean. You know, they did they did shut down like Abu Ghraib, I think, in, in Iraq, and then we left Iraq. Like, but like that's kind of you know, I, I feel like with Republicans a lot of times you get like we only end up seeing like the worst, like when they go too far, right? Like like I think I think Trump's COVID response, Trump went too far, everyone kind of freaked out, and Biden got elected. If if it wasn't Trump and if it was someone that was able to like that wasn't scaring the shit out of like, you know, the business class, I guess. With Jeb, response. With an exclamation point, President Jeb. <laughs> Please like, I don't think they would have cared. I think they would have just been like, yeah, whatever. Like we only get these people to disappear. We only get these, uh, these programs disappear when they go so far over the line that like no, no person with a, with a conscience could like, you know, um, or, you know, everybody at least with a sense of their own safety has to be like, you know, freaking out about it. I mean, we're seeing it now with all the anti-trans bills and all the abortion restrictions being made. I mean, you know, that the, they're just doing this to scare people for like the midterms after the midterms, it's going to be too late. There's going to be too many states that pass their own ridiculous bullshit bills, you yeah. know, harming trans youth. I mean, we're seeing it it's, every day. And so 
it's going to be too late once the midterms come and the Republicans are probably going to take control of the House and the Senate probably and fuck what's Biden going to do now. Not like he's doing anything. So <laughs> yeah, e even less than he is now. And don't worry, because when Clarence Thomas dies, he's not going to be allowed to put a Supreme Court justice on. But yeah, what let's be clear. That's to that's doing to motivate the crazies. That's that's to get their <laughs> fantastic. Uh, that's that's to get their. I got I got blocked that part of the screen. Um, <laughs> yeah, cheers indeed. Uh, that's to get their folks out. You know that that's the thing that Fox News has told them they need to be upset about now. You know it's all critical race theory and like the transgenders are coming to steal your soccer trophy, whatever. Like it like it doesn't matter what it is. It because here's the thing: it will always be something. Always. Yep. Yeah. And, and they're uh, and they're very effective at doing this. And this is started by Lee Atwater. It, it goes back way before even the time of Vice, right? Yeah. And the thing is, it's been finely honed. And it's and they they do it so consistently. And the alleged opposition so dutifully engages with the frame every single time. It's like Charlie Brown and the football. Yep. It, it's uh, every single time. Every Rick, time. Every Rick year. Perlstein, Rick Perlstein's uh, book series, the, the four of them, there's like, you know, um, I always forget what the person was called, but there's Nixon Land, Reagan Land. Um, uh, I, I always forget what, what the Nomad Land, over the Invisible Bridge. <laughs> yeah, the Invisible Bridge between Nixon Land and Reagan Land, and then there's no, the it's one like, like over the Invisible Bridge. I think it's called. And then he has one. Um, no, it's it's the. It's Invisible like Bridge. oh my stars and garters is the other one. Um, no, so he has he has one about um he you know he kind of posits that it starts with Goldwater um and kind of the unmaking of like the liberal consensus under LBJ that you know ends up with kind of Nixon taking power Nixon who is someone that doesn't really in the same way that um you know I, I think that this touches on this movie really well because there's a scene that really like struck me every time I've watched this which is um you know Steve Carell is Donald Rumsfeld and uh you know Dick Cheney having the conversation and he's like so what do we uh what do we believe you know, and then Steve Carell just starts laughing and he's like, what do we believe? What do we believe? And he just fucking slams the door in his face. And he's just laughing in his office because I, I think Nixon is kind of the prototypical version of that. Right. Like Nixon doesn't didn't have Nixon's set ideology was Republicans need to win. I will do anything for Republicans to win. And then he kind of had an idea about um, multipolarity and like, you know, kind of uh, balancing out, you know, China and Russia and uh, our policies towards them and playing them off of each other. So like. He, you know, but but like he didn't have a set ideology. Um, there, there's a kind of amazing. Um, uh, the Eisenhower didn't really have a set ideology in that way either, and he had a bunch of economic advisors. And um, during, I think it was 1960 or 1959, I can't remember which one, but like right before Kennedy took power, there was an, there was a recession, of uh, like the you know the the golden age of fucking American capitalism or whatever they want to call it, kind of was starting to falter. There was a, a, a huge recession. Um, Eisenhower picked the more conservative economic policy, but that wasn't a, a given conclusion, right? Like he didn't have a belief in that. He just decided, I trust this advisor more. I'm not like a numbers guy. I'll trust this advisor. And people were fucking upset because social programs got cut and all of a sudden they couldn't afford things anymore. And Nixon was terrified by that. Nixon actually was not a, a person who believed in austerity because Nixon felt like austerity was something just wildly unpopular. And if Nixon was uh, one thing, he was, you know, uh, obsessed with popularity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And by the I'm way, the four quote. books are um, Before the Storm. Yeah. Before Nixon the Storm. That's the one I always forget. Uh, Invisible Bridge. And then Reagan. And uh, Reagan Lane. Yeah. It's amazing how it took like, what, 50 years for the GOP to have such a grip on our politics that the left can't even agree on anything. I mean, but that's always, that was the case before the, you know, 
anyone had a grip on our politics. Like leftist infighting has been around for like centuries. Yeah. It, it's it's but, kind of well, like, see, we don't got billionaires back now. I mean, like yeah. it's perfecting out of the point that like <laughs> I'm I'm quiet. I'm waiting for you, Conan. All right. Well, so somebody put up. I, I saw this show is a perfect example. <laughs> no, somebody put up a, a a chart of different uh, Trotskyist organizations from like the the 1920s to 1940s, and they like it was a chart from Marxist.org, which is a really great re like resource if you're ever looking for you know um, books that you can't really find in a lot of other places. They kind of put them online, but there was a chart of all the organizational um, things, and every single time it went split, broke apart, turned into multiple organizations, split. And like it's it was this crazy fucking web <laughs> of of just like hundreds of organizations that had come out of everybody getting mad at each other and infighting. <laughs> yeah. It was interesting when I watched this movie, it really got me into looking more into like a lot of the operatives and uh a lot of like you know the right wing think tanks and whatnot. And I also watched what was it, fight like give me Roger Stone or something like that, because I was like, I'm yeah. too far deep into this. And then, of course, watching that documentary. documentary. That's a fucking me, weird documentary. I, it made me more furious, too, learning about, like, Roger Ailes and, like, the media and all that part of, like, the conservative world. And then, of course, with Vice, I'm like, God damn it. I just, I just, I just, why can't we do that? Like, why can't we be, yeah. like, that ruthless? Well, because everything is is people's front of Judea versus the Judean people's front. Yeah. You know? Like, people, like... <laughs> Like we're obsessed with arguing about stuff that literally does not matter or advance power at all. No, and and, and, and like to the point that it's become like that's become the the destination now is just yeah. to like get the most likes when you dunk on somebody. Like, yeah. cool. You realize that none of that advances power, right? Yeah. Uh, also, uh, I wish Bombshell was better. The movie Bombshell. Yeah. I wish that was better because if that had been a good movie. It had some good performances, but that had been a good movie. That would have been very interesting, but it wasn't. It was not good. Yeah. Not good. It's interesting <laughs> how a lot of those movies came out like in the same time frame as well. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess people just. I guess they wanted a, like a post Bush like Fox type of like dis dissecting of like what was going on, and plus also Me Too was at its peak and. Whatnot. Well, so let's think about the timeline, right? Okay, so that's a that's like uh, I don't, can't remember exactly when Bombshell came out, but like th there was a time period in the so 2018 midterms when like the wave kind of began to crash back for Trump. Uh, Democrats retook the House, et cetera, et cetera. There was a the feeling of momentum. You know, people like Bill O'Reilly had been you know ex put out to the cornfield, aka his podcast. Uh, and for they got like replaced the, by fucking Tucker Carlson, who is yeah. Just but that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter to the point. That, that's completely irrelevant to the point. I'm talking no, about that. No, the I know. I'm just saying like. Okay. The time period is is the, like there was the idea that like the, the Fox wave or that conservative wave potentially was like crashing back. Right. So I I think what maybe was in the, the zeitgeist like, oh, now's the time to do these kinds of movies because like the people are like with this and et cetera, et cetera. And again, most of them aren't very good is the problem. Uh, this this one's pretty good. Like I said, I liked it better than when I saw it the first time. For, and and um, I didn't dislike it when I saw it the first time. I just didn't like it nearly so much as like The Big Short. Uh, mm -hmm. And I, I, I'm I've come around on Vice. I think Vice I think Vice is good. And is it it's a it's a criminal act that Christian Bale did not win Best Actor. All right, oh, so yeah, that, well, that, well, that, well, that, well, Rhapsody. 
you've yeah, hit, I like the Green movie. Oh you've God. hit a, a, a point talking about the actual making of this movie, right? Um, yeah. I have Christian Bale talking about. Uh, oh, cool. Awesome. His his. I've I've I have so many clips from stuff that I'm probably not going <laughs> to get to, but I I have so like I I have like 14 clips of stuff that I found. That should be your Patreon already. content. Is just like put all the clips <laughs> that you don't get to use in the show, and be like, but here's awesome. Conan was too busy yelling about. Bohemian Rhapsody couldn't play this one. There's no time. Which I like. It was good. It was fine. Whatever. I think one that I don't feel like uh, is is private is that for a fly fisherman, and this is perhaps thought to be somewhat innocuous given the rack. Oh, the the guy asked a question. I don't know why this didn't uh, come up in this. The guy the guy asked a question where he said, "If you had one question to ask Dick Cheney, or if you had questions to ask Dick Cheney, what would you ask him?" So that's that's the. Uh, that's what gets queued up in this clip. And I realized that I, that, that was cut out of it. Um. Um, I think one that I don't feel like uh, is, is private is that for a fly fisherman, and this is perhaps thought to be somewhat innocuous given the Iraq war and enhanced interrogation and all of that. But one thing I would ask is as a fly fisherman, why not more care about the environment? That's fantastic. That's actually a great point. I never even put two and two together. That's a great point. Between Vice and The Machinist, and even with The Dark Knight, you have obviously pushed your body to different extremes. Which physical transformation most helped you connect or figure out who a character they, was? They all did, and even ones that were not that extreme. You know, you just have to find the right place. It doesn't have to be an extreme place. Mm -hmm. This had to be. However, with a wonderful team, obviously led by Adam, but with Greg Canham and Chris Gallagher, mm -hmm. the makeup and prosthetic artists on this, who we were together four hours every day before filming started, who did an incredible job, or the extreme of the machinist. But uh, you don't have to go to those extremes. It's just, I'm just searching for what is the right place. Absolutely. Do you still feel like you have it within you to, if the next character call for that, could you do it? Um, I don't know. That. <laughs> it's a little bit too recently uh having uh, just lost the weight from this i'm not sure that i would want to embark on that any longer fair enough whenever you are learning about this man and you're trying to discover really who he is and you're getting inside of his head did you discover anything about him that made you respect him more or like him more as a person as, as a father yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, um his unflinching um unhesitating support of his daughter mary mm -hmm. when she came out uh even though that was not popular with his party at that time um he is very strong-minded mm -hmm. and he'll do what he believes to be right and everyone else be damned and that was an instance where that um, was a very healthy uh, choice yeah. um and uh you you do find that that you know um nobody is all villain nobody is all saint to your point whenever you walked away from this Obviously, you. I feel like as a society, we still look at this man. I feel like we're always probably for the rest of time going to have questions about him and his motivations and why he did things. What is your biggest unanswered question walking away from this project about Dick Cheney? Um, I, th I think my the, the, the big unanswered question, and it's not just about Dick Cheney, but it's about anybody who mm -hmm. seeks the presidency, whether it's a president who I admire and like or not, is the question of the enormous ego mm -hmm. it must take to think that they are the correct person to be president mm -hmm. and to lead that many people, that anybody who has that belief in themselves 
should be questioned greatly about whether they should be given that amount of power. It should be almost someone who doesn't want the job. Yeah. Absolutely. Mr. Bell, you, my entire career, you've been very kind to me. And I really do. As a, as a fan, I really do appreciate it. So really, thank, thank you for you. your time. Congratulations, sir. Cheers. It would be kind of wild if he did the machinist first and then did vice like immediately afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> he could be his own before and after weight loss picture. Thank you. The the last point that he makes about, um, you know, almost having somebody that doesn't really want to be president um, is kind of the feeling I had about Bernie Sanders, uh, especially in like 2016. Right. Like mm -hmm. he's kind of someone who it didn't seem like the presidency is something that he had thought about for a long time. He was kind of doing it to we can push Hillary left. Like that's, I think that was kind of the goal. Yeah, that, that's how, goal I actually yeah. spoke to somebody who was in the room whenever they decided to, um, uh, to recruit Bernie for run for president. And um, that was actually the, the whole, the whole point of the, the, you know, his candidacy was just to push Hillary left. Mm -hmm. um, they we can like, push Hillary left. Well, why should we, you know, they're like, why should we get uh, Bernie Sanders? You only get like, uh, you'd only get 2% of the vote. And he's like, exactly. But this is what the effects are going to be. Um, well, although, and, and honestly, also in 2016, he anyway. tried to, he tried, he didn't want to run to the point where he tried to, uh, recruit Elizabeth Warren to yeah. run as Hillary, which is kind of it, nuts. It, it was her time. It was Elizabeth Warren's time. Just think if she ran, she would have won Here's the time. second term. Here, here's the time people. <laughs> but, but like, again, we're only looking at this from like the modern perspective and things we know now, if you look at it at, at that time, it, it, she would have been the natural choice because she actually had. Uh, the traditional media, they like talking about Elizabeth Warren, whereas Bernie yeah. Sanders, like it was like, oh, that guy, like just like before yeah. he even ever ran, which was, by the way, I remember the announcement. It was like midday. He didn't even have and, a podium. And, like he didn't have, he just walked out on the lawn and like said he was right. And, and I was like, what? Because I, because you got to remember, I like, I'm one of the guys that like, I, I'm from Oakland, right? But unlike most people, like I knew exactly who Bernie Sanders was. And, and it's a very interesting reason why i do because when he was mayor of burlington uh he put together this all ages space and like really put like you know the, the the powers of the city behind it which of course as someone that like tours and whatever like you pay attention to that kind of thing so i paid attention to him early on so like from like mayor to like when he like went to like uh into the house into the senate and was like eagerly like wow i can't believe that like this awesome guy is like advancing in all these levels of power and able to do all these cool things but like when he ran for president literally the first thing i said is First of all, that was surprising. I should find the Facebook post because I was like, first of all, that's surprising. Secondly, he could win. And everyone's like, no, Larry Lessig has a way better chance, which is hilarious. <laughs> he, and I love Larry Lessig, but like whoever said, I, I just want to find that person. Don't Larry Lessig come on the show. I think it was Jenk Uger yeah. who said that at first. Well, and, and except for the fact that Larry Lessig literally said he's running as an issues candidate. I'm like, congratulations. Yeah. Now no one will ever pay attention to you. Also, uh, and by also the way, Martin, put Larry Lessig on the Supreme Court. Also, Martin Larry O'Malley ran. Martin O'Malley yeah. ran. He was the. That, uh, that, okay, that, that's, that's, that's why you Which actually does that? tie back to uh, Dick Cheney uh, because uh, yeah, Martin O'Malley uh, uh, tried uh, for two years to get gay marriage passed in uh, Maryland. And uh, the first year it failed. The second year, Dick Cheney came in to help him. And he talked to all the Republicans and were able to bring some Republicans on board to, to pass gay marriage in Maryland, um, mm. which wasn't talked about until after the vote. Face Cheney? Um, Tommy Carcetti, right? Car Carcetti? Yeah, yeah. Car yeah, I was, was going to say that, that he was the inspiration for Carcetti and, and yeah. fucking... And, and that's true, too. Like, like, like you know... They're, well, they're the actors, I mean, you, you know this because you watch fucking Game of Thrones, but that, that actor is like Irish, which is crazy. I didn't know yes. that. Yeah. Until, like, he's really good. He, he's yeah. really, by, by the way, the, the line that I was going to say was like, Larry Lessig, come on, movie, extra, movie night extravaganza and or mm -hmm. 
be appointed to the Supreme Court. Thank you. That's what I was yes. going to say. But because uh, he would be amazing on the yes. Supreme Court. The other guy was uh, Thomas Chafee, Fortnite. Right? Let's go. Okay. The, the other guy was the other guy was like uh, Lincoln Chafee, who couldn't decide. Yeah, whether he was, uh, a, a, a libertarian or a um a democrat i'm pretty sure and jim webb ran for like a week and a half as well oh and yeah then, like, he, Virginia, right he, and he, he yeah. talked about like killing one of his enemies whatever and everyone's like whoa that dude remember when they had a podium out just in case if biden were to come out for the debate oh my god that was hilarious yeah and now but, uh, no but it is funny it is funny the jim webb thing after uh you know hearing the line by hillary that she's like we came we saw he died and like i would like to see a showdown with like how murderous the two of them are <laughs> i mean i'll go with the guy who was literally in a war but i don't know again yeah, not certain areas of the internet the clintons did their share right but anyway. he was part of the reagan administration too well the clinton thing is uh, like kind but he's of, also um, the only dude that could have won in virginia too like uh wait was it it's virginia not yeah, virginia uh, no, yeah. virginia. Yeah. virginia virginia's weird no it was virginia yeah. i was in maryland at the time so sorry yeah, well because well, here's one of the reasons why because the, the like I, I actually got on board with like recruiting him to run for senate and he was the perfect dude to run for senate for that state that yeah. said, the idea that like he would ever be like, I'm going to run for president now. It's just sort of like that guy is apparently from people I know that know that guy. They're like, he just does whatever he wants, whenever he yeah. wants. And we have no idea what he's up to. Because uh, like, like Tim Kaine, I remember whenever he was uh, uh, running for governor of Virginia and, and he was just like, you know, I, I'm Tim Kaine. I'm against abortions and I hate immigrants. And, you know, <laughs> Tim Kaine in the membrane. Even my ride or die Hillary Clinton friends were like, oh my gosh, she made a terrible choice. Yeah, he's this goofy leprechaun harmonica dad down the street who has the barbecues and says, yeah, it sounds like someone's got a case of the Mondays. He's, he's that guy, right? Yeah. The only but, memorable moment from that entire campaign with Tim Kaine was Lynn Manuel Miranda. Tim Kaine in the membrane. <laughs> Tim Kaine in the brain. <laughs> I anyway. hate Lynn Manuel Miranda. Th that and everybody's just like, oh my gosh, she speaks Spanish. <laughs> oh yeah. Like he's just um, he's like so the goofy, the goofy dad next door who always wants to engage in conversation a little bit longer than you want to, is is exactly who he is. Mm -hmm. And he's perfectly fine as a senator, and he had zero business being on any presidential ticket ever. But that guy was always in the conversation as a vice presidential candidate, much in the same way as Gray Davis. Used to be Gray Davis, aka now known as the recall governor, the one who was recalled so that, um, well, it was supposed to be, uh, so uh, a certain congressman could run for governor and win, but ended up being someone you know very near and dear to Andy's heart, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, who, who basically governed as a as a Pete Wilson right wing re Republican because he didn't care about policy at all, he just wanted the, the status of it. But like everyone used to talk about that dude running for president and/or vice president for all these, like, you know quote-unquote game theory reasons whatever it's like i'm sorry have you fucking met gray davis he's a like he's he's an absence of personality like nothing against the guy but like there's a void where there should be a personality all right so speaking anyway, of i don't know how, how, why are we talking about this yeah yeah okay i don't know speaking of congress speaking about dick cheney um this is i didn't know he had a career before the vice presidency too i was like what what did he do this is this is an absolutely harmonica dad. uh clip this is dick cheney um in 2015 um he and uh, Liz Cheney, good friend of MSNBC now, because she, uh, you know, opposed uh, January 6th. Um, they wrote a bunch of op-eds and they wrote a book together 
where they start talking about how Obama didn't torture enough people, but it's not really torture. It's not torture. Don't worry, but we got to bring it back. And this is in 2015. Um, this is Dick Cheney still making the case that we should be torturing people. Yay. <laughs> this fellow Republicans, however, are uneasy with the intelligence policies the Cheneys want the next president to bring back, including the enhanced interrogation techniques that a Senate panel deemed torture. First of all, it wasn't torture. The, the waterboarding, for example, torture, that was the most egregious thing we did supposedly in the enhanced interrogation program. It was the most significant source of intelligence for us that we absolutely had to have, and that was on Al-Qaeda, how big they were, where they were, who their leaders were, what their plans were, and so forth. All, all of that came out of enhanced interrogation. What do you say those to say, yes, perhaps they worked, but we sacrificed our values in the process? Well, first of all, I don't believe we sacrificed our values. I think the, the number one responsibility of senior public officials is to safeguard the nation. Nearly seven years out of office, Mr. Cheney remains a man not eager to make either apologies or skirt controversy. You know, if, if you just, nothing but um, warmth and friendliness and so forth, uh, seriously can't deal with the kinds of issues that uh, I've had to deal with over the years and that I wanted to deal with. It's almost, I think, uh, if you're, you are criticism free, then you're probably not doing your job. How many heart attacks has Dick Cheney had again? Not enough. Exactly. <laughs> Man, that is really crab, the crab is, rings out. In this, uh, Dick Cheney and Liz Cheney make, I, I didn't, I didn't, well, I think I did actually clip this, but I don't want to play it. Um, they they make the case that Obama created ISIS by pulling out of uh, Iraq, which if you know anything about the Iraq war, the Bush administration kind of created <laughs> ISIS because they, um, yeah, like, they literally they literally had uh zalawi who was like the person who ended up kind of creating the, the the first like isis cells pretty much and they like inflated like super inflated him as a as a potential uh connection between bin laden and saddam and you know 9-11 and like so they, they created this this kind of fabricated character who ended up founding isis so you know hmm. but yeah it was because we left iraq it wasn't because we were in iraq in the first place <laughs> I, I, but, but like, all right. So there's, there's two different, I guess, threads, um, that need to be discussed with this movie. Right. So there's like the, the humanity in some way that Christian Bale brings and, and that, um, Amy Adams brings and that the whole family kind of brings to these characters, which like, and I think that this kind of gets like in American politics, we get distracted by this a lot. Like whether somebody's a good person, right? Like the humanity of them, like, are, yeah. are they a humane person? Like, oh, Jim well, Bell's a good person. And what I think I think what Vice does well is um, has the which which actually happened. This is a real thing, but like Liz Cheney coming out against gay marriage and getting the nod from Dick Cheney. That's like, well, you have to win. That is a thing that happened, and that is a, a moment that happened on, on on national television and did devastate like the two sisters. You know what I mean? Like, and 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 Dick Cheney did approve of that, and Lynn Cheney did approve of that, and so that kind of at the end of it kind of devastate like the one last shred of humanity it feels like is that he loves his daughters he wants to take care of his daughters and at the end he chooses the daughter that has a, a political future over the yeah. daughter that does not and is gay and that moment kind of I, I feel like is the last of dick cheney's humanity kind of adam mckay very what like very very accurately just shreds that last like one percent um 
so yeah, so there's that part, and then there's the the obviously the politics of it, and I do want to talk about that, but I want I wanted to talk about the the that part of it first. Um, if anyone wants to go and 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 I just like he, but he's still choosing like one daughter over the other though, like that's what's still like makes which pisses me off. Well, he's like, choosing I, power. He's choosing power over uh, a complete lack of power, right? Like he's choosing yeah. Liz Cheney, continuing the Cheney legacy, which means that there's going to be another generation of neocon, like you know, fucking villains in in yeah. in Congress. Like he's he's choosing that. With corporate not... Democrats actually donating money to her now, which is a scam. Yeah. Which is like, yeah, you, yeah. you you don't deserve to have that money. You should literally be grifted and have your whatever fortune you have stolen if that's what you choose to do. I would you. even say she should be uh she should be waterboarded, but you she know. should be waterboarded. yeah, where's Barbara? The Hitchens except for maybe Mary. The, the yeah, Mary, Mary gets the pass. Right? Where Hitchens Mary, is like Mary, oh maybe Mary Hitchens like neocon moment. Um, you know, I, I know that yeah. Ben's talked about this a lot, but like there's the the like the Hitchens uh turn towards being a neocon where he ended up letting himself get waterboarded and then realized like no shit, this is fucking torture. This is this is fucking terrifying and it's torture. Yeah. I actually might have gone too far with this one. Which is not something that Hitch has ever uh, really recognized in any other fucking capacity. Yeah. <laughs> What's and... interesting is uh, when when actors talk about characters that they like, real life people that they portray. Like some of them are like, oh, like I don't trust this person at all. Like Lady Gaga was talking about that the uh, the wife of Gucci. She's like, you know, I had to think of her that she was a child once, she was innocent once, and I had to love her unconditionally despite the fact that I don't trust her. I don't want her near me. I'm like, girl, where are you going off on? Like, so, like it's like. What do you guys think about uh, Amy Adams' performance in this? I think she was great in this. I, yeah. I, I've been waiting for an opportunity to bring it up, and I thought that she was a shoe in to win the Oscar just because she got robbed at, from her rival. Uh, but I thought it was great, and like, yeah. obviously, you know, she's an uh, uh, incredible actress. Uh, you know, very beautiful, very glamorous, and to have her just like occupy that role of, of this. You know, perfect archetype of of you know the political, like especially conservative wife. political wife, right? Mm -hmm. Like, she was fantastic. Uh, like top top shot. I mean, like, there's a lot of amazing performances in it, and uh, I was actually surprised. Who went? Wait, so okay, I remember Bohemian Rhapsody was Rami for Best Actor. Who won Best Actress that year? Uh, we'll get our, we'll get our researchers on it anyway. Yeah, go I'll, ahead. I'll, I'll, Steve Crow was good too. He was a good Rumsfeld. I was like Steve Crow yeah. Rumsfeld. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, have, I have an Amy Adams. But this is um she she and Steve Carell did a uh, and I want to talk about Steve Carell after this because I think he does an amazing job too in this. But um this is this, it just happened to be free like frozen on on him. But um, Olivia Coleman for the favorite. Really? Yes. I like Olivia Coleman though. I mean. The fact that I have to like ask you which one was that means I probably <laughs> either didn't see it or didn't care one or the other. But she we'll sort she it out. It. She kind of killed it both in um the Crown though, and she killed it in uh in in Hot Fuzz where she's that like she's making those fucking dirty jokes to Sean Penn. The entire... Oh, she's awesome in Hot Fuzz. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, let me call oh, We great. haven't done any Sean Penn and Nick Frost movies, and those are like my some of my favorite. Sean movies. Penn. Or Sean, not Sean Penn. Wow, Sean, what's his name? Fucking Sean. Um, Sean, Sean, what the fuck is his name? Sean, Sean Connery. Sean, Sean Connery. <laughs> oh, Sean. Oh, maybe it's the thing of the day. Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg is the guy's name. Sean, Sean, Sean Penn in Hot Fuzz. Is that totally different movie? 
<laughs> yeah, it would be. As would Sean talking, Connery. I was talking about Sean Penn with somebody yesterday. Okay, I I fucked up the <laughs> name in my head. I'm not good at names on the spot. Like you know, leave me alone. I know it's not Sean Penn, CIA Sean Penn. Uh, <laughs> and it, that the only thing that would make Sean Sean Penn and Hot Fuzz better is if he was his character in uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I think, I think I think him going. now as the I think I think Sean Penn now is the guy that went to Ukraine uh in the middle of of the fucking yeah. war to make a vice yeah. documentary. I think that would be a really funny hot fuzz. But um let, let me let me play this clip. Lynn herself and your portrayal of someone who doesn't necessarily is not a political person at first but finds herself embroiled in a political world and becomes almost kind of Machiavellian about it uh, in her own way is amazing. It's, a, it's an incredible portrayal. What sort of research did you do into that particular time in, in her life? You know, I, I started sort of looking at Lynn where I would find her today or about a year ago. She wrote a lot of books, did a lot of book tours, and then I went back. And, and when I started doing that, I realized I had to I had to figure out who she was outside of my political knowledge of her and outside of my own judgment and my own point of view. So I kind of let all of the current research go and I really spent more time figuring out who she was, where she came from. And um, in doing that, I, I found a girl who grew up in Casper, Wyoming uh, from a really hard life not a lot of privilege, and who just worked her worked her way out of there. Um, she worked hard at everything she did. She had a lot of um, ambition, a lot of drive, and that wasn't encouraged in women uh, the same way that it was in men at that time. And so she applied that to her education. And so I, I just got to know her outside of the political arena, and I think that really helped me sort of drive uh, the character in a different way that felt more grounded. Yeah, trying to humanize her for yourself? Oh, absolutely. I have to do that with every character or else it's just words on a page or an image I have in my head. So finding the truth of, of who they are, yeah. Did Do you find that uh, easier or harder with someone with a historical perspective that you may have such a uh, clear judgment on because you lived through that moment in history? Whatever your judgment may be. No, you know, I, you know I think that I stepped aside from that. I mean, I have to do that with every character. There's characters I've played who behave in ways that I find um, <laughs> not at all congruent with my own personal beliefs. I could just look at sharp objects, you know, the drunk driving alone in that. Um, but I have to step outside and I have to go into a character and try to understand them in order to portray them in a way that doesn't feel... Um, like, you can't feel my own personal beliefs because I'm playing Lynn, and what does Lynn believe about herself? What does she believe to be true about her intentions? And that is then what I hope to portray. Yeah. Do you do the same thing with Rumsfeld, Steve? No. But I love the way it was used as sort of an introduction because it's a pretty strong introduction to a character and it to a, a relationship. It says a lot about Lynn, too. It does, not it says a lot about their relationship. And um, it's funny. I hope my mom doesn't mind me telling these stories. I watched... Uh, I watched the film with her for the first time. Uh, I watched it with her. And at the end, she was like, I like that Lynn Cheney. <laughs> I got to say, Amy, I know so many women like that who just kicked their men into their position, you know. And so it is of a different generation where, you know, the options weren't set in front of Lynn as clearly as, as they would be today as a, she didn't have the choices. And, you know, she was really intelligent and I don't think she's saying like, you know, you're going to be successful or I'm leaving you. She's essentially saying, 
I'm getting out of town. Are you coming with me? Right. Or are you going to stay back here? Because I'm not going to do the plan where we stay back here. And I, I did understand that. You know, she has a, her manner is very different than mine, but I, but I completely understood the messaging of, I'm getting out of here. And are you coming with me? Or is this the choice of who you want to be? Well, I enjoy all of those yeah. conversations when my partner does that to me. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, have, any of you have, have any of you folks seen the movie yet? <laughs> Way to learn all the wrong lessons, mom. Oh, oh yeah, Lynn Cheney. She's great. By the way, oh, uh, that Lynn Cheney, she's really, she's really killing it over there. You know, she got her, she got her man to be the vice president. Don't you know? <laughs> one, one nomination for best actress for American Hustle for Amy Adams. Five best supporting actress nominations. She's like, the, she's like the for, female Leonardo DiCaprio in a way. Yeah. So Junebug, but with Junebug, Junebug, Doubt, The Fighter. You don't think Leonardo DiCaprio has talent. Eh, I mean, he's got charisma. Like, All right, like, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I couldn't let that go. And not, I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, there's, there's, two <laughs> things. there's two things that make actors interesting. It's like talents and charisma. And you can have talent or charisma and you can have both. And, like Don Samos. You know, that, 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 that's it, you know. Certainty and talent. It takes more certainty than Conan, talent. I'm sorry. Keep going with your point. Yes. I, I, I was trying to do a bit unsuccessfully there. Uh, so June Bug. Doubt, the fighter, the master, and Vice as best supporting actress, and no nomination for Arrival, which was a criminal act in and of itself. It's weird that she got. Uh, it's weird that she was nominated for best supporting actress for this movie, right? Because she's like the lead actress in this movie. I don't. Yeah. Well, well there's this. It's a dude's I, I rock mean, movie. It's it's also <laughs> yeah yeah like 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 they, those, uh, all the support uh, you know. dudes dudes rock. Oh, can we talk about um, Sam Rockwell as George W. Bush? He so, fucking killed so, it. So, so good, but also, but also, would you agree that he was basically doing the same character in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy for his version of Zafa Beeblebrox? Because I, I totally think that was his version of Bush. <laughs> More or less. Yeah, or, or his villain in uh, Iron Man 2. Like, he's yeah, so but... good. I remember watching Charlie's Angels for the first time and just falling in love with him. He got nominated for this, for Supporting Actor. Yes. Yep. Not I win. actually have the a complete list if you uh, want me to kind of run down stuff. <laughs> Please, let's see if you can get through it. So, so uh, <laughs> actor in the lead role, we got Remy Malik, which we covered. Bradley Cooper for Star is Born. Um, yeah. Willem Dafoe uh, for At uh, Eternity's Gate. Oh, and yeah. uh, the classic Green Book uh, had... Ah. Uh. <laughs> the hell is that even... Um, supporting actor... Um, had Sam Rockwell nominated against uh, Richard E. Grant, Adam Driver and Black Klansman, uh, Sam Elliott and A Star is Born. And uh, the, he was beat by Mersh uh, Mershala, Mershala, Mershala Ali. Mershala Ali. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah, from Green Book. Green Book. Um, what a piece which, of which shit I movie. Him. Uh, I love that yeah, actor. That, that, just, he's, he's a fantastic actor. Yeah. So that sure movie he, sucked He's weird. like one of those guys who could read a phone book. It was so like 1990s era, like when yeah. it came to like dealing with racism. Yeah, yeah. Unforgi unforgivable as a modern movie. If it was 20 years older, I might give it a pass. But like, yeah. What did you guys think of? Did any of you guys see uh, Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri? I liked that movie. I liked it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Francis McDormand's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even but, in uh, movies I don't like, even the even the movies I don't like, yeah. the messaging of like Nomadland, you know, I don't necessarily you know, like the messaging. She fucking killed it though. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, you know what's interesting about the awards <laughs> that that like season that time though was like okay, the Critics Choice Awards had uh, 
Christian Bell was not in for best like actor in a drama and actor in a comedy. And he won both the Critics' Choice Awards for those for Vice. <laughs> well, it kind of works. I mean, I can. But, uh, you know, <laughs> tragedy uh, plus time equals comedy. Am I right? Yeah. Uh, Amy Adams was up against <laughs> Emma Stone, Rachel Weitz, uh, uh, Mar Marina Di Tirva, Tirva. I don't know who that is. Uh, and uh, I don't know either, lost, but I want you to read all these lists from here forward. <laughs> lost to uh, Regina King uh, for If Bill Street Could Talk, which I never heard of, but you Regina know, King is fantastic. Oh, I've had that on my watch list since before I had a watch list on Letterboxd, and I still haven't seen it, but I, I, I hear it's good. I, I know someone. I like Regina King. She's good. No, no, she's great. You know, uh, I, as bad I, as I don't that think, I, don't think I, I watched. Was, I don't think I watched if Bill Street could talk, but I I know an actress that was in that uh, that I was like friends with in high school and college. Is it Regina King? Before. No. Oh, this that's this the girl. only person I know in that movie. So. No, this girl uh, Ebony that went to high school with me, and then I sat next to the first fresh like freshman year of college. Uh, I went to community college. Oh, we the, were in, she, we were she's in, in um, uh, Wu Tang. Yeah, she's in Wu Tang too. She's in uh, she's in Master of None. She's in a lot of stuff. Uh, she started getting those roles though when we were like college freshmen because we had been in the same class and everything, and we like had a class. It was it was the class that I first saw a lot of the movies that like I, I referenced on here because it was like this this weird like film survey class, and we like hung out during that. And then, like within, the, I think a year, she started getting these major roles, and just like was not around in school anymore. <laughs> is it, if Beale Street could talk, is that the off of the James Baldwin book? Is that right? Yeah. Can, can so. we get a person of color to answer this, please? <laughs> <laughs> or at least somebody who sounds like they know what they're talking about. Yeah, I just, I, I, they don't honestly, have to know what they're talking about. They just have to sound like it. Literally, I, I've never yep, heard of James Baldwin's 1974 novel, the same name. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. I thought so. Okay. Yeah, no, I have not heard Brooks' movie before tonight because apparently I was not paying attention. I don't know. There was a great place called the Beale Street Pub in SF, though. I go to my lunch break that had a fantastic hamburger. But that's and for some reason I always think of those hamburgers every time I, every time I saw that movie title and I'm like the I hamburgers hamburger. could talk you know? <laughs> if hamburgers could talk exactly <laughs> that's where Neutron goes you know they say they say stop stop what are you doing stop eating <laughs> stop eating me which by the way uh, that movie was not nominated for bitch picture like Vice was um, because uh, Vice lost out to uh, Green Book so did Black Panther <sighs> that year which which probably yeah. was the obvious <laughs> choice. Was, I'm, trying, uh, to, I'm trying to remember. Um, I think it's The Sopranos. One of the actors was one of the actors in The Sopranos was uh, the guy that the Green Book was based off of. Um, hold on, oh, I'll, yeah. I'll look this up really, really fast. But was it Big a... Pussy? <laughs> oh. what's, that, what's that actor's name? I can't remember. He's forever a Big Pussy for me, and so, it, like, will be the like, till the day he dies. So you guys know, like with Adam McKay, like oh he was, uh, he was he was Carmine Senior, Tony Lip. Yeah. That's the guy's name. Oh, but, okay, yeah. But you guys know how with like certain directors, they they frequently like collaborate with a lot of like certain actors. I forgot Tyler Perry was in this movie as Tyler Donald Perry is Colin was, fucking Powell, everybody. Yeah, and and yeah. unrecognizable almost, right? Like the, so the so when he got his Oscar, I think it was last year, when he got his Oscar basically for being a good dude. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. like seriously, like someone explain to me what that Oscar uh, awarding was because it was basically like we think you're a good guy, you do all this good stuff. Here's an Oscar. Honestly, though, like Tyler, <laughs> but he was really good as Colin Powell. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, he, in Star Trek, uh, the very first Star Trek, JJ uh, uh, Abrams yep. Star Trek movie. He was in Don't Look he, Up too, and he, he was in Don't Look Up. Yeah, that was a no, good no, role. No. He's, like, like you know, he's he's he's, a, he's good. Uh, I, 
you know, if I, uh, I would have fucked with them yeah. though if I was Tyler Perry and I got to go up on stage or something. I would have fucking dressed up like Medea, gone up and like said to my Oscars <laughs> and like, hello. Also, to <laughs> Justin Kirk as us uh, as Scooter Libby. Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, that's but, right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. And Adam McKay was actually nominated for Best Director too. Yeah, we should we should, yeah, we should throw that in there. Tyler Tyler Scalia. Uh, yeah. Medea goes to the Secretary of State's office. Yeah, but anyway, uh, Ty Ty Tyler Perry was uh, great to the point that I was Medea like, goes to Guantanamo. Yeah, that's, what that's way better. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. He was Secretary. Of State. It would, it'd be more like no. Medea goes to the UN. He's doing Medea's the UN. foreign incursion. Yeah, is what I was thinking. Yeah, but th that that works. Too. It's, it's yeah. Medea goes to the UN. And he has that's the right. You know, oh my god. <laughs> Anyway, this bit's dead. I'm declaring this bit as dead <laughs> as the weapons of mass destruction. He, argument. I mean, he, he definitely he kills it. Um, in in Don't Look Up, he um, does seem like a good dude, and he is a good actor. But he did get an Oscar for being a good dude. Let's be clear about this. It happened. I saw it. I was like, I can't believe I'm seeing this. Like, what is this Oscar for? Yeah, oh, exactly. You know, I, I'm looking Oscar? forward to Schwarzenegger getting his because you know. Yeah, I was gonna say, and Amy Adams still denied, but okay, sure. Tyler Perry gets an Oscar for being a good guy. Anyway, I'm gonna let this go now. But. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So, so I want to talk about Amy Adams first. Uh, uh, and all day long, twice on Tuesdays, my friend. Let's go. Her role in this is is I think really amazing because she kind mm -hmm. of. You know, I mean, we watched Arrival, and she she's very uh, she's very smart. She's 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 on the ball in that movie, but she is like the the you know the pure goodness of that movie, right? Like, I don't think of her as kind of a villainous character in in any of the roles that she really plays. In this right. movie, she is a villain, like as is as is Christian Bale as Dick Cheney, as is everybody. Like, there's no good, like you know what I mean. There's nobody really you watch this movie and you're like kind of pushes him in a way. Yeah, like she's like you can do this. And they both start out as apolitical, right? Like they both yeah. start out as people that aren't thinking about like, oh, well, we're Republicans because we believe in, in you know, re Republican values, whatever the fuck that Small means. Like, or whatever. What, yeah. what, exactly. But, what does that mean? But like there's, <laughs> there's the idea that comes back over and over again. But also know. regulate Facebook because there's not a right wing speech on it. Go ahead. Yeah. No, there's like the idea that happens over and over again in this movie where it's like, oh, Dick Cheney thinks of himself as like a servant to power. And of course, gets obsessed with yeah. power and then wants power. But he thinks mm -hmm. of himself uh, throughout the course of this movie as kind of a, a servant to power. And she thinks of herself, I think, the same way, pushing him into it. Like, you know, he goes to take the vice president slot. She's like, yeah, well, I don't think that, that has enough power, which is historically speaking, um, has been the ruin of a lot of uh, really great uh really great politicians, not in the sense of politicians that have done good things, but politicians that are very good at the art of politics, right? Like Teddy Roosevelt was pushed into um Teddy, Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt was pushed, was pushed into the vice presidency, um, McKinley's vice presidency, because uh, in, in New York State, he had been uh, governor and he had also been attorney general. And he was like, uh, you know, he was he was kind of fucking with Tammany Hall and like trying to get them to actually like stop being corrupt. And they were like, oh, we don't want a crusader within any of these institutions. Put him in the vice presidency. He's a young guy. He was very young when he got appointed to that. And he was also a, a vicious imperialist, but like he was put into that slot at like the worst moment in time he possibly could have been because in New York State, they didn't want him to like look into the corruption, right? Like the, the, there's stories like this over and over again. LBJ is another person who, you know, relentlessly ambitious. They got pushed into the fucking vice presidency. So there's well, a long history. A of, of, we learned a lot about LBJ in, in the student loan, like the uh, tuition system today on stream. And man, I'm pissed. Oh, yeah. I appreciated uh, Daniel Day Lewis's excellent performance in 2002's Fucking with Tammany Hall with Leonardo DiCaprio. There we go. A AKA Gangs of New York. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm kind of a Tammany Hall fan in some ways because I, you know, it's corrupt, and I'm not pro that part of it. But like, they did kind of give a, a stipend and jobs to all like the entire immigrant community. Yeah, they're job history. creators. I mean, that essentially is all they really did, right? Like they wanted votes and they said, how, how to best get, how do we both best get votes? Number one, we have bars and saloons all over the city that you can go to and just kind of hang out. Um, and number the- two, we'll pay us a, a stipend to like, or like income to, uh, you know, immigrants that can't find another set of jobs. But what, what's so interesting about like this film specifically is like, we like, I learning just about Dick Cheney's history and how he came to be like this power hungry, like megalomaniac type of persona. Cause he was like, he was like, gosh, golly gee, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but. Oh man, Rick, I, I, don't, I don't know what's going you on. <laughs> you learned. Going from, you know, where he was in the beginning of his life in his career to where he, be- what he became like. Well, and as, as much as I have very recently talked about the extraordinary length of this movie and, and, and bitched about it even, uh, but it's yeah. being surprised by it. I like that. It goes into the early history of the fact, like his multiple DUIs when he was still like fucking around in Wyoming and like yeah. you know, working as a, like a lineman and stuff like that. Like, cause the thing that like, contrast that with like Bush, who was, was, you know, like whatever they did their best to insulate him as well. Ask Dan rather after, Ask Dan Rather after John Barber's done waterboarding. Yeah, I was gonna say we could get that answer out of him when he, when you waterboard. <laughs> exactly, uh, but but uh, they they successfully shielded him from uh, from Bush from a lot of those things. But with Cheney, because his records were sealed, you just yeah. didn't know about that in any appreciable or uh, verifiable way, which is fascinating. What's that? It's a little sus if you ask me. Oh yeah, just just a little bit. But I like that, like it, he, you know, as much as again, I, I, I can hold two ideas in my in my head. This is a long ass movie, but it shows a lot as well, right? So it's like I appreciate that, like it goes so deep into the beginning of it, like the fact that uh, he worked for Rumsfeld, right? And then yeah. like years and years down the line, he like, wasn't repaid that, and he repaid that favor. And like brought him into the, like the administration because that was part of his his cabal. And that's again, everyone, people that don't remember anything past last week, look up the project for a new American century. It's all there. It's all there, right on the internet. And when I say it's all there, I mean the entire neoconservative movement is literally all there. The project for a new American century. I mean, it's all. It's also fascinating that a lot of these things are. Um, I mean, the one moment that he really goes. Well, there's I guess a couple of moments where he really goes for it. But like the, well, the one moment he really goes for is when he runs for Congress and he's in Congress for. Um, like a decade and he really does kind of push himself. He's not good at fucking running. I, I do really like the yeah. scene with uh, Amy Adams um, kind of going full fucking culture war and getting on stage and being like, you know what oh, yeah. we do with our bras here in, uh, in Wyoming, we, we wear, them. wear them. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> because like, that, that she, does get to the heart of that rabid culture like, war. In my opinion, yeah. she would have been a better like person. Like she knew how to run shit. Like, that was sure, that was like but it's the wrong thing. era. It was the, it was the wrong era, especially for the Republicans. But so does Dick Cheney, yeah. right? Like Dick Cheney is is a bureaucratic manager, and you don't get that. You don't get that. Uh, I don't think from like the the you know the eight uh, years of the Bush administration. He's kind of seen as this like evil, you know, no pun intended, heart at the center of the Bush administration that you know keeps pumping fucking bile into it, and like is is in that full control or whatever. But like no, but what he was good at is being a bureaucratic manager. He was good at running bureaucracies he was good at um real like there's the obsession with the unitary uh executive theory which they explain really well in this right like scalia first being like 
listen, yeah. the president can do whatever he wants. If the president does it, it's not illegal. And throughout the Bush administration, you hear these doubles, like this double speak all the time, right? Like uh, unknowns, known unknowns, like that whole thing. Or well, that was Rumsfeld. That, that, that was that was pure Rumsfeld, like freestyling. Yeah, but, but no, they, also, but they also had like you know, it's not torture if we do it because we don't torture. Like they also have like, oh, if yeah. the president does this, it's not illegal. It's this double speak that you know the Bush administration kind of. Uh, I, I haven't heard that outside really of, of those channels, and you get the you get the idea that like. First, uh, he's working for Nixon, but he he like ha- like there's these kind of circumstances that he seizes, but like you know he's not touched by Watergate, so he can get into the Ford administration, and mm-hmm. he's not like you know touched by the collapse of Ford. He gets to go into the private sector. Like there's all of these moments where it's like he's not really planning this stuff out. He's just someone who's able to see like, oh well, this is how he sees I the opportunity. Yeah. there's that quote where where it's um. You know, the quiet person like waits and and you know i forget i forget the quote entirely but it's fantastic because it basically describes that dude in a nutshell which is that like he seizes the opportunity when you know things settle down or whatever it is i can't remember what it, maybe you have that pulled up maybe you don't but also it's it's i i just can't let this go by without saying that the difference between uh you know cheney coming up in uh with, with nixon and whatnot and rove who is only sort of like addressed in this as like oh he's a hack but the entire frame language debate, like the George Lakoff, don't think of an elephant, whose freedom, et cetera, et cetera, that is still used today. And the only person on the left that remotely comes close to me able to use frame language is Alexandria Ocasio Cortez and a, a little bit, a few other people. But it's the same, it's the same thing where, you know, like where she said, like, um, you know, well, they're concentration camps. And then we spent two weeks arguing what did and did not constitute a concentration camp. Do you remember that? Like, yeah. yeah. But that's the only time that's that was, used. that was like months and months. And months. I mean, it seemed like years. Well, once they do more harm to the trans community, we'll, we'll have those debates about whether or not the, they're going to be put in camps too next. So, we right, but, 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 but the point of what I brought, why I brought that specifically up is because she's the only one to effectively use language and for framing, which is actually engaging in, in the, the, the politics of now. As opposed to the entire Democratic Party leadership that so easily and dutifully engages with right wing frames constantly over and over again that like Cheney didn't create frame language, but he was smart enough to to know that like, again, if, if we say like if the unitary executive is a thing, right, then it's not torture if we do it. Then that's exactly yeah. we're yeah. the good guys. We're framing the this. Quote is, Beware the quiet man for while others speak. He watched while others act, he plans. And when finally they rest, he strikes. That's the quote. Which is, I mean, that's that dude in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. Like, and also a great quote. I'm glad you remembered it. Cause I was like, Oh, that's a fucking cool quote. Let's have another drink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and remember the, the only reason why he wasn't in the Reagan administration was because uh, Ronald Reagan thought he was toxic because he was in the Nixon and Ford administration. Well, I think yeah. you might be a toxic force. Power dynamics, right? You see the power dynamics in the Nixon administration. Nixon is a, a toxic black sludge in a person and yet nixon saw rumsfeld as someone like hey maybe stay away from that guy maybe that's not a guy that you want to really have in your office maybe we need to push him out and there's the like great scene where uh you know dick cheney kind of uh just completely fucking cucks kissinger because i i don't think i mean kissinger really <laughs> well kissinger didn't really have a, a figuratively movie. not literally that's a totally different movie but yeah <laughs> yes. what what you what you're doing to my wife all right i guess i will watch this uh this unfold but no but like Great. nixon and kissinger are two people that could only really meet up uh 
you know, in, in that one moment, right? Like as soon as Ford kind of took power, Ford uh, didn't yeah. want Kissinger kind of lurking around the halls being fucking Dr. Strangelove. Like that nobody, yeah. nobody, nobody fucking wanted that besides Nixon. The thing is that both uh, Nixon and Kissinger tapped each other's phones because they both were paranoid about what the other one was saying about them, yeah, even though they were hanging out all the time. So they had both tapped each other's phones and were listening to each other's conversations. <laughs> you, you know, I, I can just imagine what your ex hamster searches are like, you know, talking about this. <laughs> But uh, Andy, Andy World, let's give him a big hand. Welcome back, Andy. Season three. It's good to have you. So uh, yeah. So the, the other one that I wanted, the other performance I want to talk about is uh, Steve Carell, because I think Steve Carell. Steve Carell as Don Rumsfeld, which I was as much as I love Steve Carell, I was so skeptical of. I'm like, what? No, come on. Yeah. But credit where credits do. Like he he brought out. What I like about the Secret performance of Rumsfeld is he he brought out to that role what right wingers saw in actual Donald Rumsfeld, which isn't to say what reality saw in Donald Rumsfeld, but like like when you have that very key scene where he's like giving the speech, but also kind of like you know being a little like ribald and kind of and kind of joking around or whatever. Yeah, and then is and and um, Bale's Cheney is like. You know, like you know, they're trying to figure out who's going to be the Democrat, who's going to be the Republican for the mock debate, and uh, the uh, he, Cheney's like, "Well, who's what party is he? Oh, he's a Republican. That's what I'm going to be." Yeah, that is what like that dude kind of engendered, like a whole generation of people that didn't necessarily have his uh, gift for language, uh, <laughs> but like he, you can't. Like, like without, uh, without like looking for the results to be something that you want, he was influential before he was ever uh, in these um, uh, cabinet roles, and and I like that that was that was another surreptitious thing that this movie did that I appreciated a lot more this time around than I did the first time. And you know, there's that amazing scene between uh, Cheney and Rumsfeld that I referenced earlier, but it's like you know, where he's like, "What do we uh, believe?" Like that scene kind of encapsulates it perfectly. Like they believe in power. That's what they believe in. There's nothing else. Really Everything there. else is just window dressing. Exactly. Like the policies themselves don't matter so much as the acquisition and retention of power. Correct. Now, Donald Rumsfeld, <laughs> he was the songwriter, right? <laughs> he, he was the one who had the, those great those great tracks that uh, dropped before he became uh, part of the Bush administration, if I remember correctly. Th that was Ashcroft. Let the mighty oh, eagle okay. soar <laughs> yeah. like he's never soared before. And Ashcroft only gets referenced like briefly. Uh, Remember when that was the most surreal thing that had happened in politics? <laughs> is that like Ashcroft put out a single? He did. He put out a single, and that was and that was like granted that was weird as hell. But that was like you know Thursday for the Trump administration, right? I mean, you had people like literally stealing mattresses in that administration. So like whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and fucking up the plumbing in the White House. They also Sorry. talk about um they talk about Medea goes to the executive office anyway. They do a good job explaining uh, John John Yu and the torture memos, right? Like as kind of the the federal uh, attorney or whatever that or judge that like signs off on. Oh yeah, like it's fine to torture. Like, but this guy, this is his first case that he had decided was Dick Cheney coming in and being like, "You need to uh, sign this that says we can torture people." So I, I you know, I kind of um, I think this this movie does a good job kind of showing that moment too. And throughout the movie, I mean, he gets swept up in power more and more. And like, I, I mean, I don't know. See, I, I don't know enough about Cheney to know whether, like, the accurate part of this is that kind of he's more and more swept up in it, right? Like, or whether he kind of is biding his time throughout all of these administrations and 
because at first he seems kind of completely naive and just kind of hanging out and like is, is willing to, you know, do whatever. And he sees that Rumsfeld is someone he wants to emulate, which makes it uh, kind of heartbreaking for, for Rumsfeld, I'm sure, when he gets cut loose, which is, you know, also something that happened um, after the 2004 election. And Abu Ghraib kind of fully fell on uh, Rumsfeld's shoulders. There was no way to save so, him. Yeah. Right. The, the one glaring omission, I would say, for Vice, which is a very comprehensive uh, biopic style history of this guy, is that um, now granted it was founded by MSNBC contributor Will, Bill Crystal uh, and uh, was a Robert Kagan. But the Project for an American Century, I know I've said like the five times on here, but like, seriously, nobody knows what this is now. Like, talk about down the memory hole. People don't understand that the whole neoconservative movement, a.k.a. apparently half of the contributing panels on these MSNBC shows, uh, that all started in 97. And that's kind of like alluded to when you see them kind of doling out roles in the, in the administration. Yeah. Oh, so-and-so's going to be over here. So this one's going to be over there. Yeah, there's his office, like, right? Frank Lutz, you know, we, we, we know that climate change is real, but why, not, why don't we call global warming or whatever the fuck? Like, right. So that's that's a development of like the framed language, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And the weasel words, and et cetera. But but the thing is, that wasn't something that they came up with on the fly. Like, like that was like a four year plan. Yeah, that was a, yeah. that, that time a four year plan. Now it's like a 25 year plan on it. Right, exactly. But like, but the, the, the thing is, what they wanted to do is they, you know, it, it was a, it was a think tank. And they what's interesting to me is like he gets into the Grover Norquist thing. Yeah, which is like, OK, yeah, that's yes, that was important, but. PNAC was like the entire foreign policy for the Bush administration. You know, like, yeah. I mean, uh, arguably what one could argue that Hillary Clinton was like, would be a woke version of like the PNAC president, you know, like, because I mean, from a foreign policy perspective, show me the fucking difference between her and George Bush. Mm -hmm. I mean, they do, they do, they do a good job. Also just though, more. Yes. The, queen. Uh, anyway, with yeah. the, with yes, you know, queen. knowing how obsessed with focus groups, number one, these thing takes are right. Like and yeah. messaging and how can we get people to viscerally react to things? And obviously if the, people were ready to viscer viscerally react and emotionally react to things after nine 11. That was kind of the peak time that we'll probably ever have in this country of people just knee jerk reacting to things, being angry, being like, I want to kick somebody's ass. I do find I it. I want to cancel of, the Dixie chicks. I want, I, I, I find it completely fascinating. <laughs> I about that. For I the first time, by the way. Right. Cause they yeah. had another, they had yeah. another by the apple app. Anyway, go ahead. And, and country artists on the other side were just like, we love Bush. Yeah. We love uh, Dick. We love. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, the, the music world was so intolerable after nine 11. Like, oh, I mean, they God. had like, do not playlist. And I mean, like yeah. that's a whole, but, but I will say green days, little, you know, American idiot. App, like that was good. That was good. Like my opinion, like yeah, and Janine Garofalo was, you know, she begat uh, Air America, and that you know did did a thing, and at least brought forth voices that later on became, you know, very intrinsic to what we think of as progressive media these days. Pyt, uh, exactly. Uh, but Sam but Theater, had, you know, Sam, Sam Theater, her co-host, uh, yeah, Janine Garofalo. I, I every time I hear the the name Janine Garofalo, I think of The Sopranos when they're like, "This is Janine Garofalo." <laughs> But um, there's one more thing I want to talk about before before we jump to uh, uh, Letterbox one-liners. Janine Garofalo, come on, moving to extravaganza, please. I I like Janine Garofalo, but there's one. Janine Garofalo is great. I was a fan way before she was like speaking truth of power, when literally no one else would be let on the television. Which when people the GMOs thing, I think right, like that was why she got. Yeah. Well. So okay. So. Uh, all right. So he, here's how I'm gonna put this. A lot of people they think about 
when they when they articulate what they think the 2000s were like, they think that we had these forms of communication that we have now, and we had nothing like it. There were there were blogs for sure. I know I was I was I was part of that, uh, and Just blogs in a way that down to a blog, <laughs> and blogs in a way that like where that actually meant something and it could uh, excise power as opposed to all of these endless Twitter beefs with uh, personalities that are streaming on things that I don't give a shit about. And uh, the thing was, Gene Garofalo was led on for other reasons, and half the reason was because they wanted to have to make it look like they were having someone on that was anti-war that they could clown on. But she yeah. happened to be good enough that she got her points across and that some you know very enterprising people like decided like, well, what if we got together and blah, and that's whatever. That's a separate movie. That's the America movie. But like you have to understand what it was like during that time that there was there was no alternative media. None. It was only traditional media. Think about like the the the, the beating of drums. Against like how oh what about the women with with withdrawing from uh from this war what about the women what about the women I'm sorry the same women you gave exactly zero fucks about for the last twenty years those yeah. women right well, and, and now and you care about it because it doesn't fit your so that was yeah. that's the only time like I was I got I I kid you not I had flashback dreams when that started happening so I'm like oh my god I remember this but the problem was there was no alternative media source and by the way we use it for nonsense complete and utter nonsense and. I don't know what it's going to take for people to realize that because a lot of people, it's like they were born into it, like Bane. <laughs> so they, you know, I don't know who would be the Batman in this scenario, but they were born into. I got to make I was a movie. Born analogy. into the Wi-Fi, molded by it. the Wi-Fi. <laughs> I was born into the leftist drama. No, the, the other the other it. side of it, I guess, is like Combs when uh, Hannity had Hannity and Combs, and it was just the liberal. Well, that that was. I mean, the that's the Washington Generals. That, that, that's 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 the Harlem Globetrotters versus the Washington Generals, is what, is what yeah. that is. And th and that's slightly different because the thing and and the reason why, like, yeah. Uh, so John Stewart's takedown at Crossfire was a like epic moment at the time, and it's not even that. Like it, it, he doesn't even hit him all the ways that he could hit them. But at the time it was like a, a fucking seismic wave that hit everything. And the same way that like Janine very for a comedian. And she was even like, I don't know why you're having me as a comedian on to talk about this, but sure. I'll opine about it. Like she, the entire leftist movement owes a lot to Janine Garofalo. Yeah. And it's something that I, I, you know, I've been thinking a lot about uh, folks that have passed on and like giving people their roses while they're around, you know? And uh, I don't know. I'm I'm sure Janine's living her best life, uh, hanging yeah, out. She's like offline uh, completely. So you smart. know, she still does. She's go smart. I'm like us dummies. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. But I mean, they're friends. Like, like he has a yeah. phone number so, for like, sure. But but like, yeah. th there was when you talk about inciting moments. Uh, she was a spark, man. And, and I, I don't think that that I, I don't know if that story's really been told. And as someone that li literally was just sitting there, like, you know, screaming at the walls of like, oh, my God, could just someone, anyone, please, for the love of fuck. It's the reason why people like got banned Howard Dean, because he had this speech that was just like at the convention that was just like, you know, I don't want to listen to these fundamentalist preachers anymore. We shouldn't be in this. World. Like, it just like went off like and in the way that like, Iowa and then he was going to go to New Hampshire. No, no, gonna... I'm being serious. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, and, and during that, I mean, during the 2004 election, right? 
the thing that gets clowned on a lot now that seemed uh, apparently in that moment, um, like people were like really behind it was John Kerry going, I'm John Kerry and I'm reporting for duty. That should be the fucking line that gets you like kicked out yeah. of the fucking presidential primary. Not yeah, yeah. No, you're just going, ah! well, that, but again, and we've said that we said this before. And since you, since you, since you pivoted to that and said the thing I wanted to talk about, which is the fact that it was because he was anti-war, but he wasn't Dennis Kucinich, which right message, yeah. wrong messenger. Yeah. And I love the yeah. guy. I open for him. That's a different story. But like uh, wrong messenger for that. Howard Dean managed to like he had the fire behind it way before this thing. Uh, but he would he, that was like, wow, there's a presidential candidate I can vote for that's against this war. Oh, my God, I'm in. Now, the thing with like the scream, here's why Dean is a dummy, because he talked about media consolidation and how like, oh, maybe we should break up these big media companies like two days before Iowa. And I saw this live and my jaw was like on the floor. I was like, did you just hear what, hear what this guy just said? Well, I know, you know, who did is all the executives like network style uh, because they, they took that, the, just the isolated mic and they replayed that every single day for forever to the point that it's now all that dude is known for. Right. And, but and he's specifically, trying- that's the thing. The yeah. thing I need to just one more time, I have to bring it up. It's because he said he wanted to break up the big media companies on a news program. I don't remember which one. But and I was watching it. He spent the rest of his career kind of making up for that to the executives at different companies yep. by kind of being their, you know, guy on licking, licking boots and then becoming kind of like a wasn't he like a insurance, a health insurance? Yeah, uh, yeah. He was he was the he yeah. wanted to do like a, a single payer program and then bailed on it right, right before he did it. Um but, so, but, but for like one yeah. for like for like one like three month period of time, like he was like he was the guy. He was the guy that, and, and like, what would have happened if he got in there? I don't know. It would have been better than what we got with like Bush for sure. Uh, but like, that's how starved for a voice people were. And then, and that, and that's what this movie is is showing. And that's the only thing I think it doesn't do a good job of doing that and the PNAC thing is that like you don't get the idea of like there being. Everyone is used to like you're prompted by these social media networks to react to things. What's your reaction? So-and-so has a new video up. What's your reaction? That was not a thing. That was not, yeah. a, you. not only could you, like, were you not prompted to do that? Your feedback was unwelcome. And you were, you, you were like the great unwashed masses. And that, that's what, like, again, Marcos Melitzas is a fucking idiot. He was an idiot then. But the whole blogosphere thing was a bunch of people gathering together for collective power to have a voice that just said no. Now it turns out at the end of it, like some of them went like way nutty. Some of them went way another way. Some of them always were assholes will continue to be assholes. Doesn't matter. The point of fact is that like it, the nature abhors a vacuum. And it's yeah. about the only thing the vice doesn't do. And it's two hour and 11 minute runtime. Uh, but that's a different movie. And there hasn't been that movie yet. And no one seems interested in telling it, but when they freaking tell it, they better include Janine Garofalo because we owe her a lot. Um, so this is this is the last uh, clip I want to play before we jump to one-liners. Um, I wanted to talk about the narrator, uh, the way that they frame that, right? Like throughout this movie, I, I kind of I really like that. I like having the Jesse Plemons character, um, who's you know ends up being the guy that because I remember being in the theater, I'd be like, oh fuck, when the car fucking hits him finally, and like you know he's dead. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So so that's that's the last topic I really want to hit on, and then we can go to letterbox one-liners and I'll go to final thoughts, but. Uh, the uh, narrator, the narrator was, uh, the narrator came kind of from one of my first readings of the first couple books. I just thought it was incredible that there was this guy who was 
changing America and chasing power and his heart was getting these scars on him. You know, he was smoking like three packs of cigarettes a day during the Ford years, eating a dozen donuts. And he kept having these heart attacks, chasing this power. And then in the end was like, time to die. And they're like, nope, get another heart. And I was like, and I was like, that's America. The heart that he got is America. And so I kind of came up with this idea of like the everyday American as kind of the narrator and, uh, that's where it came from. It's just, it's just crazy that this guy did what he did. And in, in the very end, not to mention the fact that he clearly jumped the donor list. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of, I only recently learned that that's your heart in the x-ray. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So that's your little cameo, your little Hitchcockian. That's my Hitchcock is in the uh, scene where Cheney says, give me all the intelligence. Don't filter any of it which is true that he did say that. And you start to push in on him as he becomes more and more paranoid and kind of, there's a shot at one point, I told my editor, I said, you know, we should get a shot of a heart so you feel his mortality. And there's kind of a black and white shot of like arteries and stuff. And uh, on a much darker turn, I actually had a heart attack on this movie, but I'm okay. And it was a mild heart attack, very, very mild. And uh, it was after we finished shooting, uh, it was like the back artery of my lower part of my heart. I'm, I'm one of those really brilliant guys who kept smoking for like 30 years. So um, that's what caused it. And fortunately, I got into the hospital so quickly uh, that there was no damage done. And the doctor is like, you have a really strong heart. Just don't smoke. And uh, so that was the conversation. However, my follow-up with the cardiologist, he goes, do you want to see your heart attack? And he puts it on this screen and uh, there's the artery and you could see the blockage and being the ever vigilant director, I'm like, can I get a copy of this? <laughs> and he was like, are you for real? And I'm like, well, oh, I'm definitely for real. And, uh, and it's in the movie. That's wow. actually my heart. Put your heart into the movie. Literally. Yeah, yeah. But I am a hundred percent. Okay. And uh, yeah, I got very, very lucky. I mean, I'll, you know, the reason I got lucky is because you know this, right? I don't know. Oh, oh. So I was working out with my trainer. I started to feel like tingling in my hands and my stomach felt queasy. And I told my trainer and he's like, yeah, that's weird. I go, yeah, it's not a heart thing. That's your chest and arm. And he's like, you all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Let's just stop. So my trainer's like, are you sure? And I'm like, no, you can go, you can go. And right at that moment, I remembered that Christian Bale when we shot some of these heart attack scenes in the movie told me, how do you ask me, how do you want to do the heart attacks? And I said, what do you mean? It's always chest and arm. And he goes, no, no, there's a lot of different ways they can hit you. And a really common one is you're queasy in your stomach. No way. I swear to God. And so I'm on my couch in my office after my trainer has left and I go, shit. And I run upstairs and I open the baby aspirin and I take like four of them and I go right to the phone and I call 911. And then 911 says, all right, the ambulance is on the way over. Is your front door open? And I realize, no, it's locked. And I go, and not only that, we have a crazy rescue dog who I can now <laughs> hear barking like crazy downstairs. Yeah. And they're like, sir, if that door isn't open, 
and that dog isn't subdued, we have to open the door and we have to subdue the dog. And even though he's a crazy rescue dog, his name was Pumpkin. We loved him. He was our dog. I was like, holy shit, they're going to kick in my front door and taser my dog. <laughs> <laughs> so I careened down the stairs having a heart attack. <laughs> and I grab Pumpkin and throw him into a bathroom, unlock the door, fall back onto a couch. And then there's like seven paramedics in the no. room. And the first thing the doctor asked me was like, why did you take those baby aspirin? And I'm like, Christian Bale. <laughs> Remember from uh, The Machinist? Uh, I don't know that. Batman. You would probably know Batman's a little more common. Think about McKay's movies. He really puts his heart into it. <laughs> yeah. And they weren't going to taste with the dog. They, they were going to probably shoot the dog. Yeah, exactly. Remember Christian Bale from The Mechanic? Remember that movie? No, oh, no. Maybe Batman. <laughs> He shoots a dog, right? No. <laughs> yeah, he shoots a dog in that film, right? <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I don't know. I, I thought that was interesting that he had a heart attack. About no, a movie that, that makes me want to check my cholesterol, by the way. But yeah, <laughs> maybe that's because I'm going to be 45 in December. But anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so we can we can jump to one-liners if, if you guys don't. Uh, have anything to talk about with uh, Jesse Plemons and that kind of character? I, I mean, I, I I thought that was that was was everyone was anyone besides me like kind of surprised of that? And I was like, oh wow, because you kind of forget that he's like narrating it, like you just hear yeah. like the, yeah. the narrative yeah. voice, and then you see the character like, what's this? Who's this guy? What, what's his deal? And, 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 and like, oh, he's getting kind of related, like you know, he kind of makes that reference, and you don't know what he's talking about until yeah, we're kind of Dick Cheney. How? <laughs> Exactly. Like, why? Why is this guy in, in this in this movie? Like, is he going to be like Joe the Plumber or something? Like, what's 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 the thing? You know, like, what what is it going to be? Um, but yeah, when it when it finally comes around with that character, you're like, oh, okay. Uh, it, it's very clever. It's, it's the, well done. the other the other thing I think is really clever with it is that he's sent to Afghanistan uh yeah. as the iraq war ramps up and they're sending yes. all the military equipment away and he's like oh i don't know what like they're sending the military equipment i guess to iraq and you realize like hey all of these things are kind of have a, a ripple effect right and it, it touches everybody's life within and they America. show don't tell which is yeah. always great you know because because there's nothing worse than you know uh just nothing but like uh um exposition um yeah, yeah. Know, just like I'll, I'll i'll love to it Dark Crystal, where it's just like, oh, look, here's all the shit you need to know. What? <laughs> Project for an American century. <laughs> She's the one actually controlling the Bush administration. Augur's behind it all. Oh, yeah, it's her and Bill Crystal that made that. Yeah, Unitary exactly. executive theory. <laughs> the real author of the Unitary executive, Augur. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad she's making a comeback in season three. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So letterbox one-liners. I. I. Some of these are really funny. I read them last night. Um. Yes, indeed. So I'm. I'm glad you approve for us. So uh, th this bit is the letterbox one-liners. Uh, this is uh, for the movie Vice. Of course, letterbox is a social media site, a place for film. Uh, lovers to opine about films at, with, and to each other. Uh, films they love. Films that they don't love films that they were baffled by and all of these many reviews are best expressed for the purposes of this bit in uh the, the terse one-liner form uh that was referenced in the uh of course the season ender of american psycho as uh, being the, the patrick bateman like reaction to the people that write three pages such as myself but indeed 
the idea is uh, express yourself succinctly. And uh, these are the one-liners for Adam McKay's Vice. That Dick Cheney guy is so cool and badass. I wish there were more politicians like him in real life. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> the crossfade from Dick Cheney to Galactus is what cinema's all about. Thank you to editor and frequent Terrence Malick collaborator, Hank Corwin, for your contribution to the art. Two stars. Two stars. Yeah. Well, he only liked the Galactus Destroyer of Worlds reference. <laughs> right. He only liked it because Galactus showed up. That was my favorite part. <laughs> only two good, stars for Hank Irwin. That is a good like transition, though, right? Like the humanity is stripped away from him, and he's just kind of the yeah. supervillain. <laughs> PowerPoint, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I didn't notice how many power. Like until reading that, I didn't think about how yeah. much how much PowerPoint is in this movie. Yo, so much PowerPoint, man! Oh, like, people, it, man. <laughs> I think I think Battle of Algiers would have gone faster if they had PowerPoint. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Damn near shit myself when Christian Bale as Dick Cheney turned to look me directly in the face. <laughs> yeah, and, and the lot like. The, the unapologetic, I, I wrote it, I think I wrote it down, the unapologetic uh, thing at the end of it that he says, right? Where he's like, I can feel your recriminations and your judgment, and I'm fine with that. If you want to be loved, go be a movie star. The world is as you find it. You have to deal with that reality. And there are monsters in the world. We saw 3,000 people burned to death by those monsters. Yet when you object, well, you object when I refuse to kiss those monsters on the cheek and say, pretty please, you answer me this. What terror attack would you let go forward so you wouldn't seem like a mean and nasty fella? Uh, like and subscribe. Like, I don't know. Maybe you should have let 9-11 not happen if that's if that's what you really feel. Like, like that was your you were you were on watch when that happened. Yeah. I can't hear you, Andy. But I agree. <laughs> watches watches this episode and has another heart attack. <laughs> wow. I know. Although wow. unless wait, didn't he have like a thing that's like pumping blood through his body, but he has no pulse? Wow, Chevy Chase was great in this. His Christian Bale's uh, fucking Dick Cheney is kind of Chevy Chase and community. It's, it's, <laughs> I expected that one to land way better, but yeah, yeah you yeah. know, though, I really do want to see uh, Christian Bale star in a Chevy Chase biopic now. Yeah, mm, there we go. Sounds good. I'm in. Greenlit. <laughs> Roses are red, violets are groovy. Dick Cheney is bad. And so is this movie. Oh, Andy Levy! No, yeah, how dare I, I you, like, sir? I feel like though that like maybe this is someone that just reacted viscerally to the fact it's about Dick Cheney. You know what I mean? Like, it's Andy Levy. He's a he's a he has opinions, but <laughs> but at least he did it in a limerick form, and I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, that's, that's a limerick. We don't have right? enough uh, letterbox limericks. We don't. Yeah, so. no. step up your letterbox limerick game, people. Yeah, <laughs> but maybe maybe if there's enough of them, we could start you know letterbox limericks. Letterbox haikus. Why not? Let's go. Letterbox wow. out of context. <laughs> Freeze frame. Yep. Uh, that's me. You're probably wondering how I ended up in this situation. <laughs> Dick Cheney, probably. <laughs> I, I was thinking about this thing because someone had a, a, a picture of uh, Trump at Mar-a-Lago with like his whole, like a whole bunch of people from his cabinet. And I was right. thinking like the Trump version of that where he's like, that's me. You're probably wondering how I ended up in this situation. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it works for, for multiple popular figures yeah. that are horrendous. 
Fun for your whole middle class moderate Democrat family. <laughs> I, I would say it works for your whole uh, middle class liberal to moderate Democrat family, right? Like that's the. <laughs> I, agree. I agree. We have notes, Craig Lumley. You should take them. The uh, well, I mean, Adam McKay in general, his films kind of uh, preaching to the choir a lot of times, right? Like it's not he's not making these films to kind of convince somebody of his viewpoint. The audience that I think he's aiming for are people who largely already agree with him, which which is fine. But you know that is, yeah, that it's an accurate review. This is the worst advert for being an organ donor. <laughs> <laughs> Backs, Harvey uh, Butler. Backs. Your heart could wind up in uh, Dick Cheney. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no do not donate. Oh, shit, I gotta, I gotta make sure. Oh God, I'm an organ donor. Fuck, I gotta make sure. I gotta change that. <laughs> Hillary Clinton winds up with like your liver or something. Oh no. <laughs> Every MSNBC liberal who simps for Liz Cheney should be forced to watch this movie clockwork orange style. <laughs> yeah. And I think, oh, I, I think instead of doing a, a final thoughts, I'm going to close it out with a Liz Cheney, Dick Cheney clip to just hammer home that point. <laughs> big, ch big chungus version of Christian Bale. <laughs> <laughs> My, my 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 brother's obsessed with saying that. My brother always walks up. He's like, "How's how you, how's it going, Big Chungus?" <laughs> Those are the Letterbox reviews for Vice by Adam McKay. Letterbox, of course, a place for film. Follow the show, Movie Extravaganza. That's Forrest over there. I, of course, am Conan Neutron. Follow me. Uh, I am probably the most active of these this lot on here. Uh, J. Andrew World down there is on there as well. I'm fairly uh, active. Fairly active. Get fairly activity up. And of course, I, don't forget on. to get checked. Don't forget to get your letterbox checked for SPs. <laughs> wow. Uh, and that's quite the segue. And of, and of course, uh, Christina is on there as well. So follow Christina as well. I think you're, you're just on Christina like you're everywhere else yeah. on there, right? Yeah. yeah that's where I am stuff. everywhere. So uh, follow all of us and uh, tell us why we're wrong about literally everything on every review we do, even though we are inherently right about everything, just like Dick Cheney. Andy, take it away. Just like right. Dick Cheney. <laughs> just like Dick Cheney, I'm going to take it away. Yes. Um, thank you for watching us here on Twitch. Um, if you're doing uh, the Twitch thing, please do the Twitch stuff. Um, you know, uh, subscribe. Um, we're, we're back to being on YouTube too, so you can address the YouTube people. Yeah, yeah. I, um, but yeah, please subscribe if you we have, have an Amazon account. thirteen of them and five of the Twitch people. So, um, <laughs> if you have an Amazon account, your your uh, Amazon account will let you subscribe for free. That really does help us out. So, so please keep that in mind. If you're watching us on the YouTube, um, YouTube is great. We love YouTube as well. Uh, as I keep slipping into Trump here, and um, <laughs> people are talking uh, about it more and more. <laughs> do the YouTube stuff. Hit the like. Hit the subscribe. Uh, hit the bell so you know whenever we go live. And importantly, too, so movie fans can find us. Watch this video to the end. You know, when you think when you think we're done, don't skip away. No, no, watch to the very end because that's how people actually find us. So, so you know, even if you want to, even if you want to mute it and press the uh, the minus thing and have it go down, you know, just keep it, just keep it on. Importantly, <laughs> <laughs> ring that bell like Dick Cheney shot his friend in the face. Yeah, we didn't even touch on that. That's like, that guy had to fucking that guy had to apologize to him. He like, <laughs> amazing, like, a, a astounding moment in American history. And, and of course, we have a. Uh, uh, Patreon, and uh, that also helps us out. But Patreon also gives you extra stuff like extra videos. We do uh, after parties after certain episodes, uh, such as Battle for Algiers, I think was our last after party. 
Yep, and that's and, on right um, now on, on Patreon. Uh, and we had we had fun. We were getting lit. We were hanging out. Um, yeah, crazy stuff happens in the after parties. Um, we're gonna and, do I think a 2021 movies are like best in 2021 roundup at some point, right? Yeah, yeah. and 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 just like a I think maybe one or two like just chill hangout streams. Um, Those are always fun. Yeah, we don't we don't we don't we don't do that. Like I always kind of pre-plan all this stuff and kind of rigidly write out a whole thing. And like, what I do, I don't plan anything. <laughs> and I'm a 22 Vera Andy, so let's go. And, and New kid, Christina Oaks, bringing the chaos theory into moving extravaganza. And while you're doing all this stuff to help us out, you know, hit up Christina Oaks on her uh um uh her, her Twitch, her her uh Twitter she also has a Patreon. I, I Patreon, I'm yes, awesome. she has yeah. a Patreon. Where and it's all Anna Kasparian eventually. Nice. Are you having? Are you Valshan? It, it's gonna happen. Just calm down. He's back I, on Twitch. So I want to. I want to like. <laughs> I need to get big enough to one day fucking Sam Cedar Vouch. No, it's gonna be like Jackson Hinkle. He's gonna be so confused. <laughs> well, now I said I need to get big enough. To <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep those ex hamsters. Anything else, Andy? Or, or the, um, the, 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 did, oh, did don't I we have a Reddit? Now? We got a Reddit now. We got a yeah. Reddit now. Yes, um, which I forgot to post to. I hope uh, somebody else remembered today nope <laughs> i don't even i don't i haven't even like had a thought in my head today so look man all i remember to do is start drinking early that's all i remember <laughs> I, I think I, I posted on instagram which which i think we're all on instagram so yeah, yeah. and there's a uh, yeah there's a um uh, what's the other thing uh that not slack it's a um discord discord yeah yeah you can re- you guys really gotta plug that that shit for sure because i i even sent an invite link in my discord to you guys so wow right? so people can join your discord Woo-woo. you are young and full of energy whereas andy and i are old and tired you're old and feeble is what you're saying no no i didn't say feeble i said tired <laughs> i'm so tired <laughs> not like of life but just in general i'm just like yeah. i need to sleep no. more yeah yeah, anyway, I'm the, I'm the uh, of the group, so <laughs> Christina, uh, we should develop a thing for you to say at the end of this, but that could be something that we talk about later, I guess. Uh, yeah. anything we did we miss on there? I do the letterbox, Andy does all the social stuff. Yeah, I think, I think, I think we're good, um, on that. I am excited to do some like you know, hangout streams, um. But Christina, you do the—I mean, you do you know Twitch subathons and stuff. I mean, that's never been my thing. I don't—I mean, I, I don't like kind of just hang out and not plan stuff out. I'm too kind of OCD for that. I don't know how I do it, but I just do it. Protonic Reversal, uh, lots of new episodes coming up since we're just throwing out plugs, I guess now. Um, and they're patreon.com slash Protonic Reversal. Uh, more people that I expected in the movie extravaganza crowd are excited about the Justin Broderick episode, as am I. We also have a crossover, crossover, Marvel versus DC style uh, <laughs> with... Um, this is Spinal Tap coming up later this month and uh, yeah. more details on that to be announced later, but uh, it's going to be special. That, that should be a good one. I'm excited for that one. Yeah, that should be really fun. Um, Protonicreversal.com. Uh, it's on all the normal podcast things uh, as well. I need to start, like I mentioned at the end of the, Cal- uh, the Ian Miller episode last time, I was like, oh yeah, I should probably mention. Because Ian, uh, who was uh, last time to guest on Protonic, is coming on this show uh, to talk about Dead or Alive. Uh, at the end of the month, so <laughs> Kenzo, as if on cue, <laughs> that throws in. So Ian's going to be uh, talking about movies after he gets done with these Kowloon dates. Uh, Kowloon Wild City, they're hitting like the Rust Belt and uh, East Coast and stuff. 
but he'll be on at the end of the month. That's true. At least Burr did shit. She's the right person. <laughs> Alexander <laughs> Hamilton. No. <laughs> I oh, hate Lynn Mamo Miranda. I want him to suffer. I want him to get waterboarded. <laughs> In Fortnite. Christina is going to resign from her position as whatever the position is that we created for. Her. I don't know what it is. I can't even articulate it, but she's going to Mike. Fourth Mike. Yeah, exactly. He's, I don't know. Uh, What's the order of succession? Would it be like, like, uh, what would it be Erica after that? Or like, I don't know. This, this is a terrible bit. Let's bail. Anyway. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say? Tim Kane in the membrane. Tim Kane in the brain. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. To think that that dude was a heartbeat away from the presidency. <laughs> Christina, let's hear some final thoughts. Uh, anything, anything you want to bring up with this? Um, you no, know, it, it is a fucking long movie. So there's yeah. so much in it that like, I don't think you can have an episode where you talk about everything that's in it. Um, uh, yeah. I have a love hate relationship with this movie. Clearly as we, I think we all do. So like, I love Christian Bale. I just hated finding all this shit out and that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> yeah i i can you know i feel that <laughs> can somebody answer evil yoda's question please i don't know what we're doing with discord i just made it <laughs> oh well, if you don't know i definitely don't <laughs> i have i have my link in chat yeah we'll, we'll throw we'll throw it we'll, we'll do what christina said yes Okay. Um. So. So. Yeah. Christina. Sorry. Did you, Did you have more you wanted to add to the? Uh... No. 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 I'm good. Okay. Um. Conan. Oh, for some reason I thought we already did mine, but no, we didn't. Um. Yeah. I, so I. I. I like this movie way better on on rewatch. I think it was a little too harsh with it originally. It's a bold style. Like it's kind of interestingly uh, like almost like mckay doesn't almost like past pastiche of like 90s style but also very much like of its time as well but i actually think it works like i have a much stronger uh feeling of uh, of liking this and feeling like it did a really good job articulating everything that it tried to do which is a lot than i did than i did the first time this movie does a lot just like don't look up it does a lot right um yeah. and like i said the fact that they put in Grover Norquist group, it did not include the PNAC was like, that's a befuddling choice to me. Um, but you can't include everything. It's already like two hours and change. Right. So uh, incredible performances, uh, like to be explicitly clear, Christian Bale should have won best actor. Uh, that Sorry, year. He, he, I mean, Rami's good. I like Bohemian Rhapsody. I love queen, but I mean, it's wasn't even a contest. And uh, the fact, <laughs> I, th I think I think I like the source material. Uh, I like Queen better than Elton John, but we can discuss that in, in maybe in the after party. Um, I think that this movie came along at the perfect time for the current end of memory. Yeah, and that's maybe not something I appreciated it about it because at the time I was like, didn't that just happen? And of course it didn't just happen. But like, it feels like it just did because that was a, such a huge part of my life for such a long time. I, I took over Bands Against Bush. Bands Against Bush uh, from Toby Vale of Bikini Kill in the early 2000s because that was literally our biggest problem, right? And, and, the, and the fact that like people are like, well, Bush wasn't so bad. It was like, shut up immediately, never speak again. Yeah. Uh, be because just because he wasn't vulgar in the way that like, you know, the, the last guy was, like doesn't mean that it didn't do incredible amounts of damage. So the fact that like, this is a perfect example of sometimes there's a movie that's great and you're like, maybe I'm not the audience for this but like I can appreciate it for what it is. And that's, 
that's pretty much how I felt about it when I first saw it. But I, I actually have come around to it and I think it's I think it's an awesome movie. I think it does, it does almost everything it sets out to do, which is great because a lot of movies don't even do any of the things they set out to do. Yeah. And uh, it's it's honestly it's a good watch. It's a good watch. And, and that's um, I'm ha look doesn't happen often. But when I'm wrong, I'll admit it. I think I might have gotten this movie wrong when I first watched it. So I'm happy to do like it. To do and a... I probably wouldn't have done it if we hadn't been doing it on the show, frankly. I probably would not have rewatched it. So I'm glad for the opportunity. I'd, I'd like to do the big short sometime soon, too. And like kind of compare. Big short, I loved immediately. I was like, this, yeah. this is everything I want out of a film. But uh, yeah, for whatever reason. And I love Don't Look Up. Controversial for some reason. Uh, for reasons Liberal I don't want to get into. That's about yeah. them. But uh, Kenzo felt that way about Faces of Death Re, by the way. <laughs> that, that's a good... <laughs> I, um, one thing about Don't Look Up is I think if they had structured a little bit more like Vice or uh, The Big Short, like with kind of breaking up some of the information, I feel like I would have been yeah. able to process it a little bit better, which is something that I realized watching Vice again. Like, oh, shit, if they had like kind of uh, done something like that and kind of given you that information through um, those kinds Margot of... Margot like, Robbie then, in a bathtub. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yes. any movie any any movie you can explain whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. you can the most reactionary shit in the world and i'd be like yeah it makes sense i saw margot yeah, robbie the, the Dino de laurentis dune becomes a million times better if all that exposition <laughs> is read by margot robbie in the bathtub i mean that's, yeah. a, that's a science fact really the spice controls life you're like or whatever the spice extends life you're like yeah yeah, I guess. Yep. yeah whatever sure, you say yeah. I'm, I'm i'm in okay <laughs> tell me more about the i can't what oh yeah <laughs> I can't. I can't even think of the guys that the, the, their eyes go all weird. Didn't even like talk about it in the uh, Denny one. Um, yeah, the calculator goods. They're not called calculators. What's to say they're called calculators? Mintax. Mintax. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, AKA the calculators. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Good film. Good film. And I'm. I'm glad we did. It. Interesting way to start uh, this this season, but uh, I'm not against it. You know, I, I still clearly have a lot of black sludge from the 2000s in my soul that gets excavated now and again. So apologies if I, if I went a little too hard. But, uh, you know, it's I mean, it was absolutely infuriating uh, that people kind of started to rehabilitate Bush. And oh, I mean, I was. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I was, I was like back to screaming at the computer, you know, and it, and it kind of. <laughs> terrifies me that at some point i feel like someone like Ron DeSantis or something will be the republican nominee and they'll start to rehabilitate trump and oh like, yeah you know what i mean like and then they'll rehabilitate Ron DeSantis eventually yeah so it's like this kind of uh i don't know i mean that we do kind of have this idea that you know the president is a good dude right like not with trump maybe but like with with bush people were still like oh well i could tell you know he had a good heart and it's like for what well number one like he dick cheney's the one in control he does not have a good heart his heart kept failing but number two <laughs> like you know no, number two like what based on what people have been massacred in mass you know in, in the iraq war like someone just came up this week and i didn't pick this movie because of that but like i just saw someone be like well you know trump was pretty awful but you know bush you could tell he had a good heart and i'm like you could not. There was nothing there. There was blank behind the fucking eyes. Like the, the, the nicest thing you say about Bush is he was too much of a fucking moron to really know what was actually going on in his administration. That's my like the, cat, that's the my best. cat who eats kitty litter sometimes <laughs> has more going on in his head than George W. Bush. Mm. That's like the most you can, and that kind of is the way that this movie seems to do it. Like, right, right, right. Like Bush is kind of hands off completely to the point where he's just not even in the room when fucking 9-11 happened, which he wasn't. But like, you know, like Cheney's calling all the shots. That's like the, the nice version of it. The, the you know, the, the fucking 
not so nice negative version of it is he's just an equal collaborator with everybody else. I mean, who knows? I, I feel like Bush kind of was able to get rehabilitated because he was so stupid, like or seemed so stupid, right? Like, yeah. like oh, he's a moron. Yeah. Because his motivations are, are, you know, like, what's his motivation for Iraq? Well, you know, I want to, I want to get him to prove something to my dad. Like, it's yeah. something just, just so like banal and petty, but like, that's how, what drives that dude. He doesn't care about the policy. He doesn't really, doesn't really care also, about it. Oil. Yeah, well, he, I mean, oil as a means for power and, ma and making money. He cares about that. He cares about. He cared about status. He cared about like proving he was as good or better than his brother. You know, like I mean, it's all like. Classic, you know, classic uh, drama tropes. Yeah, but it's like not a hard dude to understand. Whereas Cheney is is more interesting in in the fact that like you know he maneuvered himself through the power behind the throne, and meanwhile was enriching himself with uh, you know uh, all these these contracts and and just money making money hand over fist and basically paying off himself for like you know decades and decades of like hard labor in the. Um, in the ethos minds, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm like, it, it's, it's this, it's a way more effective telling of that than I ever gave it credit for the first time. The one of, one of the most effective uh, takedowns of Bush at the time, I think was, and it's weird to say this, uh, Dave Chappelle doing black Bush. Where he's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kanye said George Bush doesn't care about black people. No, uh, no, was, black, no. was just, was just black Bush. And he's like, He's like, we got to get the oil, oil. Who's in oil? Bitch, you cooking? Yeah. <laughs> okay, the, the thing about the yellow cake where he had the, the cake. Yeah. <laughs> like, classic yellow cake classic Chappelle show. But by the way, no, nobody of, of, of an entire generation will watch that show, which is a shame because it was a brilliant comedy show because all people know Chappelle for is this hideous like anti-trans stuff. And that's a shame because, that, I mean, that guy. That's he chose to die on that hill. Yeah. That, I mean, and he doubled down on Dickory, right? That guy made his choice, but like, okay, yeah. Final thoughts. <laughs> oh yeah. My final thoughts. We have not mentioned Alison pill as Mary Cheney, um, who is a wonderful, everything she's always in. So uh, it's a very small part, but she, you know, every single time they give her a moment to shine, she, she, she certainly does, uh, you know, shine. And, and uh, so yeah, shout out to Alison pill. Come on the show. Yeah. And that is um, the most humanistic, uh, you know, thing in the movie, and and it's devastating when you know her her sister, who's uh, Lily Rab, plays her, who's from uh, American Horror Story. Um, but like that that uh, well, she's in like a bunch of seasons of that. But um, yeah. she played Stevie Nicks in that one season. But um, yeah. So the or she was in that season with Stevie Nicks. She was a Stevie Nicks fan as a witch yeah. in Coven and met Stevie Nicks. But she was like this the Stevie Nicks corollary character. Um, uh, yeah, like. He, very humanistic and then completely devastating when you realize that like power is you know corrupted everybody in this family so much that like dick cheney just like no you got to come out against your own sister like yeah yeah which which you know they they kind of gloss over too because like that uh, uh from my understanding they haven't even spoke uh mary cheney and liz um <laughs> after that or, or at least for a while um it, which is which is you know terrible um and yeah, that yeah, the whole uh, Mary Cheney thing is the only thing that humanizes Dick Cheney, and and it still pisses me off that he was the 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 force behind Martin O'Malley getting a pass in Maryland, which I'm glad did by the way, because Martin O'Malley, you know, before he left office, did two good things: was pass gay marriage and end the death penalty. So you know, um, and two seasons of The Wire. 
<laughs> we got we're uh we're um David Simon before he got transported back to the Middle Ages for Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> David Simon ran into Martin O'Malley on a on a train, and there's a whole story about how there's a really awkward uh oh, moment. I bet. What is that yeah. conversation like? I, I think finally he he fucking hated the wire, Martin O'Malley. He did not. Oh, like I'm it. not surprised because uh, Martin O'Malley <laughs> wanted to be like you know um, Beto O'Rourke, but like dad mode. Uh, yeah. Played bass guitar for a, for an Irish band, and yeah, that's what exactly. he wanted to be, you know, known as is like the cool, the cool he's a fucking uh, clown dad. Is what he is. He's a clown. Yeah, no, he he is. Um, but he but wanted the, to be that for sure. Yeah. The thing is, though, is like I, I will give him credit for for actually like coming up next week, spending <laughs> the capital that he did. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Give uh, credit to, to, to those, people when they do right. Yeah, Good. to get those two yeah. things done, which were really important at the time. And I, I mean, honestly, like the whole gay marriage thing was like, you know, like a year later, uh, I think was when they had finally the um, uh, the decision out of uh, Augenfeld. Um, so, yeah. you know, from the Supreme Court. So, so you and know, one of the few things that Biden did good, you know, well during the Obama that, that, that foolish piece of shit war, you know, yeah. like. Like, like, and and against the wishes of our, against the wishes of our overlords in the media, and, and Biden, <laughs> Biden the also, most powerful constituency, Biden and not going to war to, uh, claim to gaff, but like he went on TV and was just he pushed for gay marriage to be legalized and said, yeah. oh, the Obama administration was in favor before Obama was ready to say that. Um, so my he, he, my, he, was, he was ahead yeah. of the curve on 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 that as well. And credit where credits due, I don't particularly care for the guy uh, Gavin Newsom also. Yeah. So, this is this is my final thought, and then I'm going to end it with the Dick and Liz Cheney clip. But we'll be off by then. I just wanted to really hit home with that. But uh, they say my heart can give him another ten years. Cheney doesn't like to refer to it as someone else's heart. He likes to refer to it as as his new heart, which I have to say, even though I'm dead, makes me feel pretty shitty. <laughs> Seventy four. He's regained the look of his days in office reminders of which popped up again last month with the release of these previously unseen photos. They were taken on September 11th, 2001, showing Mr. Cheney first dealing with the crisis in the White House bunker, then being whisked away to that now famous undisclosed location. It was, uh, you know, a, a remarkable day, a tragic day in terms of the, the loss of life and the, the extraordinary set of circumstances we had to face with. And a day that shaped one of the most controversial vice presidencies in history. How'd that day change you personally? Not from a policy standpoint, but, but change you? Well, I, um, it's been alleged by some of my friends um, that 9-11 did change Cheney, that when he was a Secretary of Defense in the first Bush administration, he was a warm, pleasant, lovable fellow, and he became more of a hard rock uh, afterwards. And I think it's probably true. Um, it changed, um, well, it changed the way I looked at the world. The way he looks at the world is pretty well known by now. Dick Cheney is unapologetically hawkish. The rest of our troops in Iraq will come home by the end of the year. He was an early critic of the Obama administration's national security policies, especially the troop withdrawal from Iraq and Afghanistan. The mindset it's hard for me to understand. I think we have to recognize that it's a dangerous world, that it's more dangerous than it has been before, and that those threats out there we're faced with are increasing while we strip ourselves of the ability to deal with it. Mr. Cheney is renewing his criticism of Mr. Obama with the help of his daughter, Liz, a former State Department official and one-time Senate candidate. In their upcoming book, Exceptional, 
published by Simon & Schuster, division of CBS, they accused Mr. Obama of retreating from the world's problems, diminishing America's power as the threat of terrorism rises. This is a pretty harsh criticism of a sitting president. Well, it, it is a necessary criticism, I think, is the way we both feel about it, that, you know, it's not an attack on him as a person, uh, but it's very much sort of um, uh, raising the alarm about the policies. Take, for instance, their criticism of the president's recent nuclear deal with Iran. With this deal, we cut off every single one of Iran's pathways to a nuclear program. You say of the deal that the Obama agreement will, one, lead to a nuclear-armed Iran, two, a nuclear arms race in the Middle East, and three, the first use of a nuclear weapon since Hiroshima and Nagasaki. That's a pretty daunting prediction. I think we say it may well lead to the first use of a nuclear weapon since Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And the reality, as my dad has described, is that this deal makes war more, not less likely. Think about what kind of a regime it is. They've violated virtually every agreement they've ever been a party to. I don't think they can be trusted. I think they've demonstrated that repeatedly. Thank you.